1: Live Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are
2: you? I'm so hot and miserable.
3: Oh.
2: <laughs> but I'm
3: you.
4: here. I'm here. Were you able to get out and get to a cool place every time this speaking.
2: Was I able to do what?
4: Um, get out and get to a cool place. Get out and get me a cool, a cool place, like go home to a library or, oh no,
2: um, I don't. When it's when it's this hot, it's it is better for me to to stay inside because the heat and the sun, it, it it's just too much. Oh, it is just too much. I, um, uh, I freaked Sam out because I was saying, um the last week when it, when we had those couple of hot days and I had um, gotten a shower and, um, and I washed my hair, but I didn't drink enough water. I wasn't hydrated enough when I got in the shower. And when I got out of the shower, I was like totally like that. I was busy. I was, you know, just devoid of energy, everything, and I literally had to just lay down for, I think it took me about an hour and a half before I was able to get myself together, and then you, I can't drink the water real fast. I have to, you know, do it in, like, small increments to to get myself, like, like rehydrated. And he was looking at me like, how do you dehydrate yourself in the shower? You know, it's like when you take, when it's hot and you take a hot shower and you haven't hydrated enough, you can do that. Wow. And because I was washing my hair, I was in there longer than I normally would have been. And I didn't even have the energy to, to like, comb out my hair or anything after. I just got the towel on it and just just laid down because I was like, okay, I got to lay down before I fall down. Wow. Mm -hmm. The heat really does um, have a debilitating effect on me. And... um, I I do not go outside unless it is absolutely, positively necessary.
3: I am sorry. Yeah. So I mean, I I love the
2: summertime. um, Over, I'll take summer over winter anytime. But when it when it gets like unbearably hot like this, um, I do end up suffering. But we're lucky because at least in Illinois, we usually don't have, like, a lot of days like this, like, back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back. To back to back to back to back. So, like, we got these three, and then we get a reprieve. Right. You know.
3: Right. That is the saving thing, yeah.
4: Yeah.
2: So that, you know, so I'm looking forward to tomorrow and and the rest of the week. I'll be able to get some stuff done. Because that's the other thing, too. I just get uh, doing anything is just, like, such... A, a, a giant effort you know um, because it's it's, it's just it's too hot to eat it's too hot to cook and, and some, sometimes I won't be hungry sometimes I will um, like if I had had me a watermelon this weekend that's what I would have been eating on all weekend I told you
4: no. the COVID a would have you
3: for watermelon you would have been alright I would have <laughs> I don't try to bring it up
2: the stairs though. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'd have brought my bag down and carried it up. That would have been the least of my problems. Uh, <laughs> but I, t- I told him, I said, okay, Nick, time you go to the store to get the stuff for your juicing, I said, would you pick me up a watermelon, please? Because he always buys one you know, because he juices it. Right. Like I'm not gonna juice it. I'm gonna eat that sucker. <laughs>
4: <laughs> That'd be a meal for a couple of days oh, Hold on one second Okay I'm sorry Hey baby You all right? Okay Um, It's, it's not 8 o'clock yet um, If you want you can Well you need to eat breakfast We can live right now For another hour Okay. All right. So how was your weekend? It was okay. It was okay. I got a lot done. I had, um... I got a lot done. I'm doing my last minute, my last little, okay, you know, um... Let's get the house looking like something. (laughs) Purchasing. Yeah. So, um... Today, I'm going to try my hand at landscaping a little bit. Are you
2: going to go out in that heat?
4: Um, I'm going to go out before it gets hot because, like, uh, right now, um, as long as I get out before 12, I'm pretty good. So... Um I thought it was before ten. I thought I thought it was like from ten to two is are the highest hours. Well um, over here where I am, the sun doesn't come as long as I'm in the shade, I'm good. And okay. so the sun doesn't come directly over on my side of the house until
3: okay. about eleven thirty, twelve
4: o'clock. So depending on how long our how how long our call goes will depend on if I go out
3: or not. And it's just, okay.
4: you know, other than that, I'll wait until either this evening or in the morning and do it.
3: Now, have, you done,
4: have you done landscaping before? No, no. But this is real okay. simple landscaping. It's basically just pulling some, I have like a patch of um, yard in front of my porch mm-hmm. that has a lot of weeds and stuff, and so I'm going to cut those down and put some weed tiller out. They would lay out some rocks.
3: So okay,
4: nothing major, the major. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you this advice.
3: Okay.
2: Since you haven't done this before, when you are done, you take you a couple of aspirin or painkillers, whatever, and a hot shower. Because okay. you are going to use muscles that you didn't even know that you had.
3: And they, and they are not going to be happy. they
2: are not going to be
3: happy
4: with you. <laughs> That's for the daily. Okay.
2: Okay. But, but I'm. But I'm just saying. You know, with, with pulling weeds and you know, and if you're going to plant some stuff, whatever. You know, it's it's a different whole different set of muscles. I found it. Out, I found this out the hard way. Um, okay. And you know, afterwards, and, and it won't hit you immediately. You I know, mean, you know, you'll be a little sore or whatever, but you're not gonna think anything of it. Um, you, you know, you're kind of expecting that to a certain degree, but if you don't get on top of it, <laughs> and you sit down, say so you sit down and watch TV or or something like that, and you go to get up, you are gonna be in a world of pain. Like, oh my God, what happened to me? No. <laughs> so, High okay. okay. shower. Take you a couple of ibuprofen, some aspirin, whatever. Okay. And 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 get on top of it before before it gets started. Um. And then in that way, when when the pain when the when the aching hits, then you, you know what areas to massage. But you have got to jump on it.
3: Okay. I
4: can do that. I can do that definitely.
3: Yeah, I
2: I'm just, quite I not quite 20, sure. 20, like, What the heck? Yeah. I'm telling you what when when the bus was hit, see, when I when I had my house I did that. You know, I'm outside, I'm weeding and I'm gardening, I'm putting in flowers and, you know, making it look all cute and everything. Ooh, I'm thinking I'm doing some stuff. And yeah, I mean I was tired afterwards but I didn't think, you know, anything mm-hmm. of it. And I think I um I think well, I think I overdid it and I was like really tired. And so I sat, um, even though I should have took a shower, but I had a, a leather couch. So I was like, I can always wipe that off later. And if you have a, if you have material on your couch, you know, you don't always lay on that quickly because you ain't trying to get no smells in that. Um, but with leather, you can always wipe that off. And it had a recliner on the end, and so I laid in the recliner. I said, okay, I gotta I gotta recoup, get myself together first, and then I'll go up here and take the shower. And I think I fell asleep. And when I woke up, oh my God, my body was just Mm, it was just cussing me out in different languages.
3: <laughs> I,
2: was
3: oh, like, okay. I was like, okay, I, I, I'll do better
2: next time, I promise, I promise. <laughs> I said, I watched the painkillers. I had the heating
3: pad out. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I'm so sorry. Just oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um,
2: but you, but you, you have fun. I'm sure it will look very nice when you finish.
4: Mm-hmm. Because, man, I don't think I'll go there. I'm
3: just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <so
4: funny.
3: laughs> um, oh my goodness. All right. Uh, Okay, question.
2: Uh, next Monday is the holiday. Are you going to have Bible study?
4: That's July fourth, right? Right. Oh no. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it for next Monday.
3: Okay. Um, That's
4: Yeah. Okay. I'm surprised because I almost, you know, I yeah, I'm not going to do it for next Monday. Okay. So we'll have a we'll have a break and we'll start it back up, for, uh for the
3: next week. Okay, cool. Because um, I did okay. let
4: everybody know I
2: am gonna do the mastermind call on Sunday. Since the holiday is Monday, I am gonna do it on Sunday.
3: Okay.
2: So okay. we already been off like two weeks this month and so um you know you had too many weeks off you, you, you know you get you get you get used to that and then you'd you be hard to start it back up again.
4: Right. Right you are like, wait a minute, what happened? What was the master what was the um um uh, what was the master what was the topic yesterday <laughs> Sorry. What was the topic yesterday on
3: mastermind?
4: Um what did we talk about? Um
2: oh actually we talked about meditation. And and it, and it got interesting because, you know, like Sam had me look up the definition of meditation and um which when you when you uh I looked at the meditation as far as the dictionary's concerned, but then another site caught my my eye in regard to the real definition of meditation, like with yoga and that type of thing, and it was saying that it that it really does not have anything to do with religion as people think and that it you know, and that it is a science and it has some other stuff to it. And Sam was like, That's why he had me look it up. He said, Because basically when you um when you meditate and you you are opening up a portal and if you are not careful you could let the wrong thing in and so if you do not know God's voice okay and you're sitting I mean cuz they do talk about meditating in in the in the Bible cuz Lisa looked that part up um right. but if you if you're sitting if you do not know God's voice and you're meditating and you and you can go you know like deep enough because not everyone can um usually because they don't, you know because it it takes it takes practice to you know like to do it um but if you don't know God's voice and you are um, you know like going deep within yourself and 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 you start to hear a voice, then how would you know if it's God's or the enemy? And so that's why he was saying, you know, you have to be careful um, with the meditation that, um, you know, as far as what it is that you're hearing and being able to know whether or not it's God's voice you're hearing or the enemy's. And that's what I was like, I hadn't even really thought about
4: it. Right. That's kind of like,
3: hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm.
4: you know, and what makes it so bad though is like I had, you know, I had a lot of the stuff that they consider new age, you know. I'm like, it was biblical, like you know, like meditation, Christ meditated. Obviously. I mean, it was we were always told to meditate before, It's just that you know we didn't know what what we were meditating about. You know, we don't we don't know how to direct it. So once well, you know how to direct it, you know, like like someone said here, God's voice and everything. That's interesting. That's interesting.
3: Yeah. When
4: and we don't meditate as far as, like, with, the, with your business.
3: What, because,
2: um, you know, the answers to our questions that we usually have is within us. Because they were saying that the, the unconscious mind is um what was it ten ten million to one times stronger than the conscious mind, and which you know I, I can't remember the quote exactly. It was a long quote, but it made sense because if you think about it, you know if you if you witness something, whatever is like whatever catches your attention about the event. Is what you focus on, but there's other things that are still going on in regards to that event. And you don't think about it, but unconsciously you've registered it. that's why like when people witness crimes and stuff like that when the police you know like interrogate them they'll you know they try and get them to you know like to calm down to you know like maybe close their eyes to you know let's let's go by it you know let's go back over what you saw you know frame by frame by frame um and and get people to to really think about the event in that, and then a lot of times they do. They come up with stuff that they hadn't even thought of before because that wasn't what they were focusing on. But their unconsciousness picked it up. So it was there. It was just, you know, it just hadn't, they hadn't recalled it.
3: Wow.
4: Yeah, because I know I noticed like I have been said before, like we only consciously use not even one percent or ten percent of our brain.
3: Hmm. You know,
4: so I I wow. Okay. Yep.
2: And it talked a lot about about intuition and about um, paying attention to your intuition, which we translated into the Holy Spirit.
3: Hmm.
2: You know. Um, and um, we actually have a, a homework assignment for next week because we we're, we're going to put a a, um, a different spin on the mastermind we're adding to the mastermind um okay. class and we got this from um the, when we the last time that we met a couple of weeks ago, um, one of the principals was talking about creating a mastermind group. And um, part of it was um, when you meet of talking about, like, what's going on with your, you know, like, with your, almost like having a testimony for your business. You know, okay. if you want to talk about either something positive that's going on, or if you have a question about maybe a problem that you're having, you know, and uh, so everyone gets a certain amount of time to, um, you know, where they can um, talk about the, you know, talk about their business, and then other people can, you know, like give suggestions or comments or you know, or what have you. And actually, I forgot about it until like almost the end of the call. And, but um, we ended up with a, with a homework assignment. Um, it was four questions that was, that was um, mentioned in the, in the intuition part. Let me see. The book is over here. Because basically he was saying that he uses these questions. He went to a, some type of seminar or whatever, and they, um, this is the author of the book, and they had asked those questions. And um, so he uses them in his, um, in his business life. And he said they can actually even be used in your, in your personal life as well. And he said, you know, if, he, if someone either can't or won't answer the question, that this is probably not someone you want to do business with. And, of course, I took it to another level and was like, if they can't or won't, it might be someone you don't want to have a relationship with.
3: Um, Give
4: me one second.
2: Okay. Okay. Um, He calls it a powerful communication tool. It's one of the most effective ways to establish rapport and create a feeling of connection with another person. And he use, he's used it both uh, business and personal. So, the first question is four questions. And the first one is if we were meeting three years from today, what has to have happened during that three year period for you to feel happy about your progress?
3: Sure.
2: The second question is what are the biggest dangers you'll have to face and deal with? in order to achieve that progress. The third question, what are the biggest opportunities that you have that you would need to focus on and capture to achieve those things? And the the fourth question, what strengths will you need to reinforce and maximize, and what skills and resources will you need to develop that you don't currently have in order to ca- to capture those opportunities. And so, um, you, know, he, you know, he was just talking about like the effect that the question has on people or whatever, but he says if you find that they don't want to answer these questions, then they are not people you want to do business with because they are either unaware of their future and can't think ahead, which will make it hard for you to help them, or they are unwilling to tell you the answers, which means that there is no trust present, so you have nothing to build on, no basis for a relationship.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And so, you know, so you could apply that both business as well as as personal. And especially, you know, like at our age, if if you meet someone and they, you know, they claim that they like, say you go out a couple of times, whatever, and they claim that they like you type of thing. I mean, you know, that's a fair question, you know, where would you see this in three years or what, what would have to happen in this relationship, you know, you know, in three years, what would have had to have happened to make you still happy in this relationship?
4: Right.
2: You know, um, and you know, and if they get, you know, squeamish about it or, or don't want to answer it or whatever the case may be, then you're not, you're not thinking ahead. You're just thinking in the moment, which means that's all I am is a in-the-moment person, and I'm not looking to be that. So
4: good luck to you. Right, right. But I need you to think at least a year to five years ahead. At least. Yeah. Oh, at least
3: have a plan. plan.
4: Yeah. Plan. At least have a plan. Even if you're like still only dealing with what's going on today, at least have an idea. You know. And that's yeah. and that's really rare you hear anybody even our age that can tell you, you know, any future plan, you know, except for retirement. Like, okay. That's everybody's wish to retire at some point in time. You know, be more specific. So,
2: and actually, since we're closer, I mean, I haven't given it the thought that Lisa has because you know her, she wants to go buy her house on the island. Um, <laughs> you know, she knows what she wants with her retirement. Like, oh yeah. Um, but I um, mean, you know, I haven't thought about it to that you know type of detail. But I know I do not want to have to be working real hard when I get to retirement age. You know, I don't right. want to have to be, you know, like welcome to Walmart. You know, have a good day. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to, you know, to supplement the stingy Social Security that I receive.
3: Right. Right.
2: right. You know, right. but um, you know, but I think you know, I think it's a it's a fair question if you you know if you meet someone and it, it's kind of more um progressive than. You know, are you looking for a relationship?
4: You know mm-hmm.
2: you know, type of thing. Um, you know, let's let's really freak this man out and, and see where his where his mind is at and ask him a question like this. Um because the, you know, if he looks
4: at you like, huh?
2: <laughs> that right there might tell you, Okay,
4: this is not gonna go far. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that's just so true that's so true, because I even tell my daughter now, like, even at her age, I was like, ask, ask, you know, the potential guy, you know, like, mm-hmm. what are, are your plans five years from now? Not even that far, like, five years. Five years is not that long, and they go and the years go by really fast. So, you know, if he has some kind of plan, and if he doesn't, you know, you gotta rethink. Like, okay, well, you know, he's not good. You know, because that that shows you what kind of thought is put into his life.
3: because
2: you know, you know, honestly, when I was when I was her age, I hated that question in interviews. You know, uh, <clears throat> like like you know, where do you see yourself five years from now? It's like seriously. And I talked about that on the call last night, too. I'd be, like, thinking to myself, like, look, I'm trying to make sure I can pay my rent five months from now. you talking about five years from now. Because
3: mm-hmm. you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> cause when you're young, you five years is a long time. You're not thinking, you know, you, you really aren't thinking. Well, some are, um, but um, I know I wasn't thinking that far Um Ahead. so yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been a good candidate. I would have uh, I would have failed if that had been a relationship question. I'm mean, gonna five years, like dude,
3: slow up, slow up, wait, wait, wait,
2: <laughs> wait, 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 still trying to decide if I want to kiss you. You talking about five years now?
3: <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> and that's
4: funny because I was refused. This I I was like, no. I said, now you need to think also. Five years ahead. You know, I'm not saying you gotta you gotta put the plan in motion, but at least try to picture yourself five years from now. Do you want to be where you are now? You know, what is your what are, what are your goals? You know, what goals do you have? I said, write them down. You know, because I told her so. When I was her age, I did. I had a plan. I had put a plan, and I wrote the whole plan out. I went all the way up to um, 45.
3: Oh wow.
4: Yeah. And I had um I had put down, you know, all these different things I wanted to do for every five to ten years from the from the time I was I think I did it when I was like eighteen, twenty one, something like that. And um I had actually ran across that list like a couple of years ago
3: and I was like, Hmm you know. I said, Well I said I Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I like, you got on the right track, but then you yeah. didn't keep reviewing it.
4: Yeah, and I was like, I said, I, I had every, I had very good intentions. I was like, if, if you know, if, if it was meant for me to, if it's meant for me to do it, I can still do it. I'll just be like, doing everything after the time period that I have put down. You know,
3: so I was just like, okay, you know, because it's like
4: basically anything that I, I said I want to do now, which is work with kids and um, the elderly, mm-hmm. you know, because I had um, I had wanted to do a, um, a center, I still want to do a center for you know where the kids and the elderly can come together, okay, and learn different you know, learn different things like, you know, electricity and, you know, being able to change your own light bulb, you know, your own light switches and how to sew and how to cook and, you know, and all this other stuff. And it's just, you know, and then have low-income housing for single homes. I wanted a couple of buildings for that and just, just little things. And, that, and it was so funny because I happened to get a library book um, the other day, well, actually three of them, from a Christian author. And I didn't know that there was such a place in Chicago already years ago. I, mean, I don't know if it's still there now, but the House of Hope and the House of um, – it it's called the House of Hope. And okay. The Manor House. And they deal with single mothers and homeless people and stuff like that. And I'm like, see, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, that's what I wanted. I wanted low income housing for them, you know, where they, it was everything was going to be self sufficient. So I'm like, okay, Lord, back on track. You know, we'll see what happens. You
2: know what? Write, write them down, you know, like one by one, what, you know, what, what the goals are that, you know, that you have in as much detail as possible, and then put them somewhere where you will see them every day you know, on your bathroom mirror, um, if you have an office and you have a, you know, like a bulletin board or something, um, you know, put them in your Bible, um, you know, and because um, we talked about it, you know, like in the book and what you do, you review them in the morning when you wake up and even before, um, before you go to bed so that you keep it fresh in your, you know, in your mind that it's – and basically – this is talking about the subconscious again because <clears throat> you you may not think about it all the time, but if you're reading it every day, it's in your subconscious, and eventually you will start to think about it, and you will be led to the things that will help bring that to fruition. Okay.
1: That makes sense. I'll start doing that. So when you that's were younger, so you had
2: the right idea. Um, you you had a plan. You just didn't, um, you know, keep keep it in, keep it um, fresh in your
4: mind. Mm-mm. No, I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't even let my actions line up with you know. Because that's the thing. And I, you know, even as we're talking about it, I was like, that's what he had. That's why he had some put those things before their eyes. They used to walk around, you know, God told them that they had to put these big old flaps uh, um, in front of their face that mm-hmm. had the Ten Commandments and had them on their hands. And it was just so, it was constantly before them daily what God wanted, you know, what God's wants and what God, you know, the Ten Commandments was constantly around them. At all times, but they couldn't say they didn't they couldn't remember what God liked and didn't like you know, so that makes sense
3: mhm
2: did you you heard the, the the sermon that sam did yesterday right yes that that now that was that was powerful
4: yes it was
3: yes it
4: was, was, powerful. I, was I said,
3: wow, mhm, wow. I really enjoyed it, you know. I really enjoyed it. I said,
4: (laughs) when I went to church, I was only, I was in Sunday school, you know, and I was like, after Sunday school, I was good. I'm like, okay, we can go back home, (laughs) you know. I'm serious. I mean, you know, I I mean, this, I I say it all the time. I'm like, this is my church. Every day I'm in church. So, Mm -hmm. as far as like going to, you know, going to the physical church, I, I do that for the kids, Okay,
3: basically,
4: you know, because um, I try to get my daughter to listen on the call. She's like, it feels awkward to her, so she doesn't want to, she doesn't even like listening in. You know, I'm like, you don't have to say nothing, just listen. And so she's like, no, it feels awkward. You know, I feel like I should have to say something.
3: I know, oh my God. Sure it should also I be a mean.
2: matter of you know like like being still because you know when you're young like that you want to be on the move yeah you know and so because I know at her age I I probably wouldn't have done it either
3: <laughs>
2: I, I'm not gonna even lie I wouldn't have done it either
3: mm mm and especially
2: yeah. like with the prayer call, because it's like it be y'all y'all be on there for how long uh uh-uh, uh mama no
4: Mm-mm. Oh, she says it all the time. She even, but they're used to it now. Like, when I first started, she said, Oh my gosh, you're still on there. The response is still the same. But she's like, Oh my gosh, I'll phone not call.
3: Uh, uh,
4: okay, I, I'll come back. You know, she deals with that one. She's that Okay. You
3: know, she,
2: she's. Because so you teach. can't conceive of a prayer call lasting that long. You know. And in and, and all honesty, you know, our prayer call is so much more than a prayer call, you right.
3: know,
2: um, because there's so much more that, that goes on on that line. But when people think of a, you know, I guess a traditional prayer call, they're just like, there's no way y'all on there praying for no five
4: hours. You know what, and I was, I, even like when we go to prayer, I'm like, and I wanted to discuss that with with Sam, too, like, you know, when we pray, we're praying on different things, you know, and even that doesn't last that long. You know what I mean? Like, we, we hit every single thing pretty much, you know. We hit the nation. We hit friends and family and the churches and all this stuff, and we're done, like, what, within 45 minutes or so? You know, but that is true. Yeah, and I'm just like, How is it? You know, like, um was it John Hannah? They had like a twelve hour prayer and a twenty four hour prayer. And they had like bombard heaven
3: and I'm like like
4: where in scripture does it say bombard heaven with prayers? I'm
3: like, I don't understand
4: that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm like, Am I wrong? I'm like, I really need I need I need somebody else to chime in on my thinking. I'm like, there. where does it say that we're supposed to bombard heaven? Like, I don't see that anywhere in scripture where they were like, they pray. I mean, they say pray continually, but that's like having a constant conversation, you know, throughout right. the day. But to bombard heaven, I'm like, I don't get it.
2: What well, they bombard for twelve or twenty-four hours, and then just and just consistently
4: praying. Um. Yeah. Like they would have different people pick up the mic or whatever. So like we even did an all-night prayer, and I I went in there. What you know? Um. Not all night. It was um. Yeah, they did an all-night prayer at our church too one time. You know, and I'm just like, even we have prayer on. You know, or we have like an hour prayer. But they go, and I saw how they do it. They, like, have one person, you know, one person at a time, like, goes and, and takes the mic to, to lead the prayer. But it's just like, okay, you know. And it's just like, it's not even really prayer. It's more like praise. Okay. Like, thank you, Jesus. And, then, you know, I'm like,
2: but, Huh? You know.
4: Like
2: at the revivals?
4: Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I'm like, but still, like, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, you know.
3: And
2: I went to to one of those before, and and actually I did not go. I went because they were, uh, during the day, they had, um, you know, like vendors there, and um, it wasn't so much the revival itself, although they did have a service. But it was more, you know, like sort of like community based and I think they had food and, you know, and so on and so forth. But they also, you know, like included like a service and it was for an apostolic church and all that screaming and hollering, oh my God, I had such a headache
1: when I left <laughs> up out
2: of here. And I was like, Okay, God is not deaf. Why are they hollering? Oh my goodness. Like, what it was like, oh, and I mean, you know, I don't know if all the apostolic churches are like that or not, but it's like that just really turned me off to the apostolic church. I was like, I, I, I can't go to service up in there because I am not trying to hear all that hooping and hollering um, for for a couple of hours. I just I just cannot do it. I just can't <laughs> do it. I'm in his image, and I'm not deaf, and neither is he. And so it's like, why are you all hollering? He can still hear you.
3: I don't know yeah no mm
2: I just it, you know and and you know I don't know i guess and i didn't i didn't feel i didn't feel moved, you know, I know I wanted to move, but I didn't feel moved, you know um you do know, sometimes you know like on our calls when when somebody like prays or what have you, you know you can you know you can feel you can feel that you know. And you know you know, like it was a powerful prayer, you know, um, that really, you know, touched me and you know, like that type of thing. And it's like with, with that revival, it's like I, I didn't I didn't feel touched. I didn't, you know, feel like Jesus was in the tent with us. I didn't I didn't feel any of that.
4: It was just loud. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm not the only one. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Say <laughs>
3: like what?
4: I'm not the only one. Thank you, Lord. But, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, you should be used to it. I'm like, I'm used to it, but, you know, I'm used to it, but, you know. That's funny, Erica.
2: You know, <laughs> have. <laughs> 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 After the prayer call and the um and the and the church and the church call, it's like going to a church now would be so much more different for me. Yeah, because you know I I did not grow up in the church. Um, I did always prefer the church service, to Sunday school. Sunday school never really um caught my I never enjoyed Sunday school. Um, I'd much rather go to church than to than to Sunday school. Um, but Um, I mean, you know, like like with church, I would go. But the best part of church to me was the choir. You know, if if the if if the church I was going to had a good choir, then to me it was a good service. Um, Because I would usually tune the pastors out because I have a short attention span, and if they haven't caught it within the first five or ten minutes, I couldn't tell you what they said. And um, you know, now I know I don't like being preached to. You know, if you are teaching, that's one thing. But if you're just standing up there preaching at me, um, you know, it's it's like a parent giving you a lecture type of thing. And, and, you know, so then I tune it out. And heaven forbid, you know, he'd be long-winded. It's like, oh, I'm just trying to think, Then, you know, how long before I can get the heck up out of here? Please, stop it. Um, And so... I never, you know, like got out of church what other people did. And, you know, you see people, they get the, you know, the Holy Ghost, and they, they jump up and they, you know, they scream, they holler, they dance, you know, they kick their shoes off, whatever. You know, and I would just look at them like, what is wrong with that person? You know, I mean, I knew that they were supposedly, that they had the Holy Ghost, but I had no idea of what that supposedly meant. Um, And, you know, I never felt, you know, touched or, you know, or anything like that, you know, and I was always amazed when I would see people, you know, like bust out like that, and even, you know, when I became an adult and, um, you know, when I would visit different churches and, you know, and things like that, you know, and make more of an effort to listen to uh, what the pastor was saying, um, you know, sometimes I enjoyed it, but again, you know, at the first five or ten minutes, eh, Whatever.
4: Well, that's why I like the call, this call so much because, you know, there is engaging. You know, like even after service yesterday, which I didn't go, I didn't know that um, um, Sam had started doing was asking if anybody had questions or comments. I really, um, I really am enjoying that. Because at the end of the sermon, you know, you want to sometimes you have to ask, well, what do you mean by this? And this is what I got out of it. Is this what you were trying to say? And to get that back and forth, um, you know, really helps get the understanding better, especially with, you know, during the course of the week where we discuss wisdom, knowledge, and understanding and being able to discern between our voice and the Holy Spirit, and the enemy, like, who was was speaking to us and who was trying to give us direction and stuff. So, you know, I I enjoyed that. So um, good morning, everybody. I appreciate you guys, you know, listening in. Um, Thank you for joining us. Um, Okay, did
2: you get a text from Erica also?
4: Yes, ma'am.
3: Okay, okay. Okay.
4: so, um, Pam, if you will, it, please start the prayer. Okay. Um, prayer, at the end.
2: No problem. Father, all the praise and all the glory goes to you forever and ever. I thank you, Father, for this day and for allowing us to be able to enjoy it. Father, I thank you for this call, allowing us to come together in fellowship to learn of your word and to share in your word. Father, I pray that something we hear on this call today touches us, <clears throat> excuse me, and helps us as we go forward in this week and also father that something that we learn today perhaps will help us to strengthen our walk and and to help someone else or someone may glean from us that they'll see something in us that will make them wonder what's that light? What's that that, that calmness about us? And maybe ultimately it might lead this person to you, Father, which is supposed to be our ultimate goal in sharing your word with others. Father, we take that responsibility seriously, but we don't uh, focus on it so that we do not force ourselves on others, but be prepared to help when the opportunity presents itself. Father, we pray that we are walking the walk that you want us to walk, doing the things that you want us to do the way that you want us to do them. Father, we thank you for your love, for your mercy, and for your grace. Father, we pray for those that may not have their own personal lodging and that they find somewhere cool today to stay out of this heat and to protect themselves. Father, for this and so much more, we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
4: Amen. Amen. Um, just to recap, last week I I got stuck on, um, Gilgal, and I was like, there's something going on with the word, with with Gilgal, which was where, um, um, uh, Jacob had, um, made a, um, an altar to God, and I'm like, there's something going on with that word, And so I I looked it up. I did look it up. And um, what was interesting was that they all have the same root word. They all have the same root word in Hebrew. And and the root word is galgal or gilgal, and it means a wheel, a circular motion that it's all connected together on some level. And, um, and then Golgotha has the same root word. And what I learned was the only difference between Gilgal and Golgotha is that for Golgotha, it has the beginning and the end on either side. And um I I was reading a commentary. I found a commentary on that. And it was explaining that it, you know, it, it was also connecting Gilgal and Golgotha. And it was saying how every time you saw, because um, Gilgal is mentioned a couple of other times in the Old Testament, you know, how somehow, and when, when it's mentioned, there's a connecting of, 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 um, Promises or or information somewhere in the story, in the history that that is being that is being given, and then when we go to Golgotha, that's where Christ was um, crucified, was on Golgotha, and it was basically relating that after everything was connected from the beginning to the end. And he was basically in the, the, the crucifixion of Christ was the was the end, basically the end game. Like everything that happened brought up to that point for God to, to finish and to complete everything that he was doing for us. And I thought that was really interesting. So, um, you know, I was like, oh, so that's why I was so stuck on that word Gilgal and Golgotha, because God wants us to understand that He connected everything. Even you know everything. You know people always try to say that the you know the Bible is is, is choppy and it's place, but in actuality, it, it's all connected. And we, He just wants us to see it the way He you know the way He put it put it out here
1: for us.
3: Um.
1: Okay, I got a
3: question.
2: hmm I thought what we were stuck on last week was was uh the meaning of Gilead and
4: what was it Galilee.
3: hmm
4: And that's it and that has the same um it has the same root as Golgotha and Galal. Okay. So it's, yeah, it has the sex when you would because when I looked it up I'm like all of the words were um in Hebrew they all have the root galal which means real or basically being connected. And with the with the Hebrew is like when you look at the um when you look at their their root words they give you all these other different meanings. And so like with um Um,
3: the lead
4: it was um, let's go back to that one with the lead it it, it meant the wheel and then it also meant um, it also included um, I'm trying to go back to that one because when I looked at it I was like oh my gosh there's so much information it's not even funny Um, the lead meant um, uh, a witness so the the witness is connected it says a heap of stones a witness of you know a heap of witness is what gole meant but and then when you look at the the root word it was galal for um for Galeed. and so it was just like every it was like a wheel, so the witness is like. It's connected. The real is connected. The, the witness is connecting the two together. You know, because everything when you look at a witness, the witness connects the truth to the situation. You know, and I was just like, it was, it was, it was just so like it, it looks random, but it makes sense because it's like when you look at it without that, without that connection. With them putting that heap of stones there to connect it, Jacob to their promise, it would not happen. They had to have something to connect them in the middle of them for them to say, "This is this is this is a witness. This is connecting us together." You know, where I promise not to step back over this line, and you're promising not to step back over this line. And so, therefore, we're connected here, and it's always going to be here. It's always going to be continual. It's always going to be there from, you know, from generation to generation. It says right here is where we promise as a witness that we will not come together. We will not cross over this line to try to hurt each other. And so I was just like God is letting us show that everything, when you make a when you're witnessing when you when you make a um when you make promises every promise has a connection with the person involved. And so we look at even going further down all the way into the New Testament, what Golgotha, Golgotha was a heap of witness. A will is connected us God's promise us that I will never bring this kind of death back around to you because Christ was that was that connection. He was that promise for us to have that connection with him. And so he, it was set up on stone. It was a heap of witness. For so Christ was a heap of witness that God loved us that much to make a connection and a promise that this type of death would not be our type of death, um, where we were totally, you know, like the whole thing with with um, God turning His back on us and us having to go through all that Christ went through for us on the cross, and when He died and He went down to hell, and you know, and, and fought death and all this, we don't have to do that because it was already done, and so that was our that's our witness right there. So I thought that was pretty, pretty uh, awesome, you know, that he puts that before us, you know, so plain
3: as long as
1: we seek it. Any other questions? Because, did I make it clear? I hope I did. <laughs> I hope I did.
4: Yep, I'm good. Okay. 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 Um, and unfortunately I tried to um I tried to um get the um the texting part on uh, talk show, and I'm not able to. So Miss Erica, if, if you have if you're able to and you, you see any questions or comments, um, if you could text them, I could share them with everybody else um that's not able to to see the the text messages that I'm not able to.
2: So. Well, actually, she just she just texted um, our phone. I can um, on the, on the phone. I I just look it up to see you know like how many callers are on or what have you. But if I'm on the computer, then I can uh, like type in messages or or um, or what have you. Um, okay. But yeah. Um, we we tend to forget because we don't hear when people come on the call if they don't say anything. So we tend to forget that it's not just us. No. Sorry, sorry everyone.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> um, okay, thinking we left off. Um we're going into chapter thirty two of Genesis. Okay.
3: Good morning. I don't wanna be a creeper not saying anything. Good morning.
4: Good
3: morning. <laughs> okay. Uh,
4: so chapter 32 of Genesis, starting at verse 1. And it says, And Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, This is God's host. And he called the name of that place behind him. And Jacob sent messages before him to Esau, his brother, unto the land of Seir, the country of Edom. And he commanded them, saying, Thus shall you speak unto my Lord Esau, Thy servant Jacob, saith, to I have sojourned with Laban and stayed there until now. And I have oxen and asses, flocks and men, servants and women, servants. And I have sent to tell my Lord that I may find grace in thy sight. And the messengers returned to Jacob saying, we came to thy brother Esau, and also he cometh to meet thee and 400 men with him. Um, now, just to, to recap, um, now Jacob has, you know, been gone twenty years, and he's still in. <clears throat> he was fleeing from Esau because he took his birthright and his blessing from being the first for, for being the firstborn, and so he's 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 being repentant and trying to pave the way to come back into the good graces of his brother, so he's still kind of living in fear that when he you know that Esau is still mad even after twenty years, and so he's trying to 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 gauge his reaction but so, <clears throat> but now he's he's seeing that he's coming to him with four hundred men and and that's a lot <laughs> and so um as we and this is why he gives this response. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. <clears throat> and he divided the people that was with him, and the flocks and herds and the camels into two bands, and he said, If Esau comes to the one company and smites it, then the other company, which is left, shall escape. And Jacob said, O oh God of my father Abraham, and God of my father Isaac, the Lord which said unto me, Return unto thy country, and to thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies, and of all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant. For with my staff I pass over this Jordan, and now I have become two bands. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he will come and smite me, and the mother with the children. And thou saidest, I will surely do thee good, and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for a multitude. And he lodged there that same night and took that which came to his hand, a present for his brother Esau. Now going back, <clears throat> he divided what he brought with him, into two bands. And so um, I had, I was
3: um, a
4: minister, I was listening to gave a description. He was like, he put, he divided into two bands. So he put two bands in front of him and his family. And so he was making a way for him and his family to escape in case Esau came full force um, to, to kill him. He put two th- he put two bands in front of him that would have to fight they would have to fight first to give him time to get away and he's way at the back of the line and so even though he he knew that God was God, he still had fear, so he was not as close to God yet as and this is how we are we We know who God is we might have seen him in you know our grandparents' lives. We might see him once in our parents' life, so we have an idea of the power and authority that God has, but we don't yet know Him for ourselves. And that's where you know, that's how that's how I I read this passage. Where I, you know, it's like He said, "I know you did it for Abraham, I know you did it for Isaac, but I'm still scared because you said come back home, but I'm still thinking." I mean, he's in the four hundred and himself. You know, that's a lot just to say, hey, welcome home, mother. You know, so I don't know. I don't know, God. You know, and so that's how we are. We we see when everything is based on sight fun, And so we still live in, uh, even though we know God is able, because of what we see, we still live in in some type of, of fear or doubt based on what we see in our situation or our issue or our problem.
1: Oh, hold on one second. Um, it is 832. Okay, sorry about that. Okay. Okay, so um
4: <clears throat> verse fourteen. Two hundred she goats and twenty he goats, two hundred ewes and twenty rams, thirty milch camels with their colt, forty kine, those are birds, and ten wolves, um twenty she asses and ten fowls, and he delivered them unto the hand of his servants. Every drove by themselves. And said unto his servants, Pass over before me, and put a face betwixt Jove and Jove. And he committed the foremost saying, When Esau my brother meeteth thee and ask thee, saying, Whose art thou, and whither thou goest, and whose are these before thee? Then shalt thou say, They be thy servant Jacob. It is a present unto my lord Esau. And behold, Also, he is behind us. And so he commanded the second and the third, and all that followed the Job, saying, All this manner shall you speak unto Esau when you find him. And say ye moreover, Behold, thy servant Jacob is behind us. For he said, I will appease him with the presence that goes before me. And afterward, I will see his face. Peradventure, he will accept of me. So went the present over before him, and himself lodged that night in the company. And he rose up that night and took his two wives and his two women servants and his, and his 11 sons and passed over the four And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over that he had. And so not, not only did he send two um, two troops, then he divided everything else that he had into into um joves. So he put more things between him and seeing his brother. So if the if the troops fell, now you have the droves with the the animals to contend with before he could even get to his family. And so that's how and it's so funny, that's how we are when it comes to um pretending or asking for forgiveness from something that we've done, that we know we've done wrong, we put up things between us and that situation or us and that person, you know, hoping to um, buffer the response, even if it's after, so making it personal. So between me and my sister, we had uh, we had a long history of not liking each other, and it wasn't even and it was even it was an unknown like uh, dislike. We didn't even know why we were mad at each other. That's that's how bad it was. But every time we tried to reconcile, it was we put the kids. We have kids, you know, together. We have kids, so we put the kids in it. You know we had the kids go back and forth between us, or you know when my mom was alive, it was my mom would be the buffer between us, you know, or there would be a peace offering. It was always something that we had to we had to put up before we could just say, "I'm sorry you mm-hmm. know and and it it's even worse in our relationship with God, especially after we know we are saved and we do what we do something that we know discur- you know, know disappointed God and we disappointed ourselves and we're so discouraged. We throw all these things between us and God before we actually get back in his face and say, Lord, I'm sorry. You know, we make excuses, we um we 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 cry, you know, we feel sorry for ourselves we get discouraged, we get depressed, we hide ourselves, you know, and we do all these things before we actually get face-to-face with him. And, and we find out at the end that we didn't even have to go through all that, you know, so, it, you know, this is, this is just a really good illustration of all that we do, all that we do. We know we've done wrong. Verse 24, and Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Peniel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Therefore the children of Israel eat not of the skin which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh, unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh, and the stability that shrank. And so Jacob Jacob wrestled with God.
1: Jacob wrestled with God. And what's so awesome is that we
4: wrestle with God. I mean, if you really think about it, we do this spiritually all the time. You know, between our choice and his choice, between the other choice that the enemy gives us, we're continually wrestling with him. But when we win, when, we, when we're when we actually, like, trying to hold on to what God is promising us, he, he will bless us. He will bless us. I mean, unfortunately, with Jacob, he wouldn't let, we say, I will not let you go. When we say we will not let you go, God. That lets him know that we are for real serious with what we want from him. That we are for real serious with where we're trying to go in him. You know, and he he will touch us where he where he, where he you know touch the hollow of our thigh. Uh, he, he might touch us where we have to. You know, where he touches us, where we will feel it. That's what I get out of it. He touches us where we feel it when we wrestle with ourselves and with what he wants us to do and he says, you're not going to let me go, when we wrestle with him in prayer, when we wrestle with him with our faith, when we wrestle with him and we're like, Lord, you know what, I really want this. I really want to please you. I really want to, to do what you want me to do. He likes that. You can tell he likes it because he he says you're you're let me go, you know I mean he could have really he could have killed Jacob because Jacob didn't let him go, but he saw the determination that Jacob had because Jacob knew that he was in the presence of 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 God he knew that he was in the presence of an angel at least because he said, how did you say it he said um he said, "I will not let thee go, except thou bless me." So he knew he was in he was in he was in the presence of something great. He knew it wasn't just some just some regular man that he was wrestling against, but it was against either an angel or the or the Holy Spirit. It was Christ. It was God. It was something that was above him that he knew he was he was wrestling with. And he said, I'm not gonna let you go unless you bless me. And so he was blessed. He was his name was changed from Jacob, which means trickster, to Israel, which means to
1: be set apart. And so even then he asked, Let me know your name.
4: Let me know what your name is. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And this way he answered it. Jacob knew it was God. That you know, mean, just because like that Sam has mentioned to us before. There is a knowing if we really, if we really want to know, there is a knowing that we know who God is when we hear His voice. Because Jacob says, he says. I have seen. I'm going to name this place Peniel for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. So He knew that He was in the face of God, and He and He survived it. And I think that's awesome because we we have to remember that because out of all the stuff that Jacob did, out of all that he still was willing to wrestle with the Lord for, you know, for what he wanted. He was trying to be obedient. He was told to go back to his family as injured, and he was scared. He was fearful, and he wrestled with God, and God blessed him because he saw his determination to do the right thing. And that's all God is looking for us to do, be determined to do the right thing, that he can bless us.
1: Are there any questions or comments on that chapter? Not for me. Okay.
3: Okay.
4: Okay, so we're going to go to chapter 33. And Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, Esau came, and with him 400 men, and he divided the children unto Leah and unto Rachel, and unto the two handmaids. And he put the <laughs> and he put the handmaids and their children foremost, and Leah and her children after, and Rachel and Joseph hindermost. And so now going now going back, this is uh, when uh, the minister that showed me that had preached on this. I just felt like wow. And so now he's going He's going to see his brother, and he he's hearing that he's coming to him with 400 men. And so the first thing he did was he put, um, he divided his people first into two bands. You know, he put them out there first, and then he divided all that he had into droves. And it doesn't really say how many droves but it was like two hundred goats and two hundred so it was like a whole bunch of animals were were going into each drove. And so he was like, Okay, that's still not enough distance between me and my brother. And so then he went from the droves to now he went and he divided his wife as his maid servants that had that he had kids with. So he put the he put the the main servants first that he had kids with and their kids, and then he put Leah and her kids, and then he put Rachel. So he's like, I'm I'm putting in in the order of importance between me and my brother. That is a that is it that is he put himself last. He put himself way at the back of the line. So if, if, if his brother was still angry and got through the bands and got through the droves and then went through the, 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 the maze and his kids and Leah and his kids, he could still maybe run with Rachel and his son. But even then, I think the mentality that the, he put, he would, he would have let them die as well to get away. So there's still some selfishness there. But he was he was just like maybe by the time he gets back this far he would have spent his anger and then we could sit down and talk. But he put all of these buffers between him and his brother. Between him and his brother, not even knowing what the situation is, not even knowing if his brother was happy or sad, just that his brother was coming at him with 400 men. So he divided them, and he passed over before them and bowed himself to the ground seven times until he came near to his brother. So he put the most important thing last, that he went to the front of the line. I'm making a correction. My bad. I thought he stayed at the back. He went to the front of the line, so he's just like, okay, my brother, you know, I'm sorry. He, bit, and, he and seven times he bowed to the ground. And Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him, and they wept. So family is important. Esau found that Esau, after 20 years, understood family was important. All that time wasted. All that time wasted. But it was for a good thing, but it's just like, you know, it's, it's such a fine balance that we go through in our lives. He's like, you, you gain one thing and you lose something else. And it's just like, wow. And Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him. And they wept. And he lifted up his eyes and saw the women and children and said, who are those with thee? And he said, the children with God has graciously given thy servant. Then the handmaidens came near They and their children, and they bowed themselves. And Leah also with her children came near and bowed themselves. And after came Joseph near and Rachel, and they bowed themselves. And he said, what means by all this drove I met? And he said, these are to find grace in the sight of my Lord. And Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep that thou hast unto thyself. And Jacob said, Nay, I pray thee, if now I have found grace in thy sight, then receive my present at my hand, for therefore I have seen thy face, as though I had seen the face of God, and thou thou wast pleased with me. Take, I pray thee, my blessing that is brought to thee, because God has dealt graciously with me, and because I have enough. And he urged him, and he took it. And he said, "Let us take our journey, and let us go. And I will go before thee." And he said unto him, "My lord, knoweth that the children are tender, and the flocks and herds with young are with me. And men should overdrive. And if men should overdrive them one day, all the flock will die. And so, just to backtrack, Esau bypassed everything that Jacob put before between him and." Him and himself, he bypassed all of that. I mean, he was just like, "What is this? What is all this that I had to pass to get to you?" You know, and 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 Jacob, and for the first time, Jacob was honest. Well, this is a you know, I I you know, I I, I did this to find grace in your sight. He to forgive, you know, and Esau was like, "I have enough." And just the way he responded to him, he hugged him, and he kissed him, and he embraced him. So even Esau was looking for reconciliation. And that's one thing that that um, is also throughout the, the word of God is, is reconciliation. That's the one thing that God has wanted all the time, for for us to reconcile ourselves with him, knowing what we know, knowing what our sins are, knowing all the all the discouragements that we go through. He wants us to be reconciled unto him. He doesn't want any buffers between us. He wants it just to be us and him talking face to face, getting the understanding of, you know, that I forgive you. What you did was wrong, but you know what? It's, it, I forgive you for it. Let's go home. Let's, you know... Let's go chill with the family and, and and get back reacquainted. And a lot of people are losing out on that because of the guilt that we feel. And guilt is a buffer that the enemy continues to help us do on the daily that no condemnation is what is what that scripture there there now there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So if we're in Christ, we're not supposed to have that buffer of condemnation and guilt between us and God. If we have Christ, we're now able to go boldly before the throne because Christ has already given us, the he's already done the sacrifice that is needed to be able to go to the throne of God and say, you know what, Lord, I'm sorry. For anything and all that I've done, knowingly and unknowingly, I'm sorry, you know, and God was like, that's all I was looking for, there was, there, there's no condemnation in, you know, from this end, as long as in your heart, you know, you're wrong, and you're repenting of it, and you're not gonna, you're gonna do your best not to do it again, we're good, I'm good with you. Now, this, this the that family you know and 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 that's like the continuing thing throughout the throughout the Bible <clears throat> and so um chapter verse fourteen, let my Lord I pray thee pass over before his servant and I will lead on softly according as the cattle that go before me and the children be able to endure until I come unto thy Lord unto fair. And Esau said, let me now leave with thee some of the folk that are with me. And he said, What needeth it? Let me find grace beside of my Lord. So Esau returned that day on his way unto Seir, And Jacob journeyed to Syrcah and built him a house and made booths for his cattle. Therefore, the name of the place is called Sukkah. And Jacob came to Shalem, a city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan. When he came from the Pandan, I'm sorry, I can't say Pandan and Ram, and pitched his tent before the city, and he brought a parcel of field where he had spread his tent at the hand of the children of Hamor, Shechem's father, for a hundred pieces of money, and he re- erected there an altar and called it El El is Israel. El El He Israel is what he called it, and so um even up until this day um, they um, israel does they have uh, a period of what they call se that is a, and that is actual um an actual thing that they do where they do the booth outside um and they do it for seven days and they um you know they have like a, a festival, and they do the booth and they have you know they do it as a community you know and it and it's a, from what i was from what i understand they do it every year and it's a, it's it's one of the things that they they incorporated in a must do to remind themselves of you know of all of the journey that they took when they, you know, further down. So Israel, Jacob was the first one to do Sukkot. This is where the, you know, everything is connected. That's, And I always say that because it's so interesting that he does Sukkot here and then you hear about it being done again further in to the, you know, further in the Old Testament when, you know, in the New Testament, where they did um when they did the the journeys again, how they that was a festival that they did all the time. And so um before we go any further, are there any questions
1: or comments on on what we have read or what has been said. <clears throat> yes, um
3: oh. I'm sorry, did I just stretch right in your ear? I'm so sorry, y'all. Um, I was just thinking about what you were saying about uh,
4: a couple of things about how he placed himself last in order of importance and how you were saying that he just wants us to, he just wants us to be reconciled with him.
3: Like he
4: doesn't want any separation. You know, he doesn't. Want there to be um, any reason why we can't get to him, so to speak, anything that interferes with the relationship, and, you know, it's really, it's really interesting to me when I listen to, read, or hear the Old Testament, because, of course, it's, you know, reading the New Testament or knowing about the New Testament, we already know the end. You know, it's like knowing what's going to happen at the end of the movie before you start watching it at the beginning. You know, so we already know what happens. That, that that's why Jesus came uh, because we kept tripping. You know, sometimes we we're just a little bit too slow, too slow on the draw. As far as, um, you know, reconciling with them. As far as, because we have kept going the way we were going, we've just been messed up. You know, that's why Jesus had to come, so that there would not be that separation. Because in Old Testament law, you know, that that there has to be when you did certain things. So the foreshadowing is always uh, interesting for me, having
1: knowledge of what's in the New Testament. Yeah, in the New Testament. That's all. And that's the thing
4: what's so interesting is that, you know, I was... Um, I was talking with an associate of mine at church yesterday. I said we we do the Word of God in justice, when we don't incorporate the Old Testament more, because we're basically cutting a big chunk out of what God wants us to know about Him. I mean, we the the, the thing is the old you know I was I had actually. Um, went and looked up what the word Torah meant. And we say law, but that that is a mistranslation. It's not even a law. It's basically um, when you look at a child, a parent and child relationship, when our kids are young, we tell them certain things so that they know what our expectations are. And that's basically what the what we call the laws for men, what God's expectations were, you know. And so we, he was letting us know who he was, even in those expectations, how we're supposed to deal with each other, how we're supposed to deal with our lives, how we're supposed to do this and that and the other, just like we do with our kids. Don't touch the stove, you'll get burned. Don't cross the street without looking you get hit by a car, you know. And so he gives us all these all this information, and then he lets us know what the what the consequences are you know and but you know when we're when we're told about the the Bible now we only we only know about the relationship from the adult point of view, not the child point of view. So now we don't understand why certain things are said and done. You know, it's like we're adopted in, but if we actually go and ask our sisters or brothers, well why do they tell us not to do this and that? Oh well, because that's and so. That's how that's basically what the old testament is. We're we're we, we say we're adopted in and we're drafted in to the body of Christ you know, by the body of Christ. But we couldn't we don't know what we're adopted into. We don't all we know is that okay, as as an adult, I'm adopted into this family, okay, I'm gonna just deal with it from here. Not understanding that the rules there's certain rules that have been put into place that are still in effect. I mean that's like that's like one thing that we knew back in the day when we were growing up. There was no cussing in front of an adult, ever. That was a smack in the mouth, no matter who's, who who you're around, especially if you're around family. They'd smack you and be like, I want to tell your mama you got smacked again. Mm-mm. And so it's like if you were adopted in or if you were a cousin from, you know, that was visiting and they didn't know the rules, it was basically like, you know, you tell them uh-uh, you don't want to cuss in front of a, of an adult not not in this house uh uh-uh. uh and then they do it anyway, and they get smacked. You know what I mean that's pretty much the same way with the old and new testament there's there are certain there are certain things that will still get smacked for even through the grace of God because it's already been established there's a punishment for that, you know. And if you, and and you, without you knowing, you know, without us actually asking our brother or sister that's under, that's that's a Hebrew or Israelite or whatever, or whoever knows the Old Testament, why is that? If we don't go back and read the Old Testament to find out why this certain thing is the way it is, then we'll get smacked and we don't know what we're getting smacked for. You know, and so, and that's where a lot of people are so upset with God, because, well, God, why does this happen, or why does that happen? It's there, it's there, it's not in the it's not it's not after the adoption it's you know it happened it's been happening in the family of God since the beginning. Now that you're adopted in, we have to go into looking at, okay, what were the rules of the family that I'm I'm adopted into? You know, and once we get that understanding then we'll do better. We'll know we'll know how to to maneuver in this in this world, how to maneuver in this life. And so that's why I was I was so I was so glad that I was able to to start, you know,
1: Reading this, um, you hold on a second. Okay, sorry about that.
4: Okay, so,
1: um, we have to
4: we have to really get that understanding that without knowing where where our family came from, we don't know, we, you know, we, we don't understand the process that we're going through now, you know, because, like, you know, everything is connected. So we wonder why once we get saved, why things don't, you know, why things don't go the way we, we think they should go. Well, there's a process. You know, we've been talking about processes on the line. And even when you go back to the Old Testament, there's processes that they had to go through before they actually came out of whatever. You know, so as we go through the Old Testament, we're going to see why, you know, okay, if this happened, the cause and effects of everything, and that it's, it's some things are instantaneous, some things we have to wait on, and so on and so forth. So, but God is faithful. That part we we know from the beginning. He has been faithful continually. It's us, us that that continue to go back and forth. Um. Are there any other
1: questions or comments? Mm-hmm. no uh-uh. no right now okay
4: okay um, I wanted to touch on one more chapter um because this part this um I'm just gonna touch on it i' am not gonna um go verse by
1: verse um because it's uh it's it, it reads like a soap opera, <laughs> for one. And it's just,
4: um, I'm just going to touch on on a couple of things. Um, so we're going to start, we're in chapter 34. And uh, we're going to read verses 1 through 3 for right now. And it says, and Dinah, the daughter of Leah. Um, Dinah is the only daughter that was conceived through all the 12 children. It was the 12 sons and Dinah, okay, um, of Jacob, which did you put um, sheba on? Okay. Hold on a
3: second. Um, you need to... Um, remember
4: you want to cap? Yeah, I, I don't know.
1: We'll find
3: out when I take the class.
4: Okay, I'll be with you guys in a few minutes. I'll be with you in a few minutes. Okay, sorry about that. Um, And Dinah, the daughter of Leah, which she bare unto him, went out to see the daughters of the land. Now they're in the land of Canaan. And Canaan, um, going back to the beginning, Canaan was the son of Ham who was cursed. And so nobody dealt with Canaan because he was cursed. So anything related to Canaan was a curse against whoever. So nobody wanted to have children with Canaan's people or nothing, okay? Because of the curse that was put upon him by Noah from the beginning,
3: okay. So
4: and when she and when Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hevite prince of the country, saw her, he took her and lay with her and defiled her. And his soul played unto Dinah, the daughter of Jacob, and he loved the damsel, damsel, and spake kindly unto to the damsel. Um. And so, uh, basically, he took what he wanted. Shechem, the son of Hamor the Hivite, uh, the Canaanite. Hivites are Hivites are uh, a branch of the Canaanite. And of the sons of, sons of Canaan. And so he sees Dinah, who is the daughter of, of Israel, Jacob. And he basically rapes her. And after he because he sees her, she's pretty and everything. And so now, after the fact, his so pleased to her. Now he's desiring her, like, all the time. He wants her for his, his own, you know. And so instead, of, and so it's just like putting the cart before the horse, you know. And, and three things that I well, two things for for certain. Like this is where he sees her, and instead of doing it the right way, he takes her, and then he wants to ask for her hand in marriage. You know, it's it's it's, it's kind of like how they're doing today. Like they they say they say that. You know, we we do that today. We're having um, relations with people and then after the fact it's like, Oh, I love you, let's get married Whereas it's like out of order because it's the way God structured everything is supposed to be marriage first and then relations, not the other way around. And you know, and 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 it's just like asking permission was was key. Back in their, based on their tradition, you had to ask for permission. But the biggest, the biggest offense was they were not, they didn't associate themselves with Canaanites because of the curse that was in the blood, you know, because of the curse that was upon the, the descendants of Canaan. And so this is basically, this shows you that the perverseness that was under the curse that Canaan had, it was still there because he saw her and then he took her without her consent. So bloodline bloodline a a bloodline curse is, is a thing. That is it is a thing. And we have to really pay attention to, you know, unfortunately it's it's gotten to the point now where, you know, people are having children through artificial insemination, and they don't know who is in the bloodline of these children that they're having, and then they wonder why the child is so, you know, is so this or so that, or you know, they have mental issues or they have physical issues or or whatever, and it's just like you 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 liked what you saw. You saw a picture of the man or the woman and. You know the the man looked good, and he had a PhD, and and all this other stuff. But in his bloodline was a rapist, and his bloodline was an adulterer and his bloodline was all this other negative things that you're not aware of because you're going in into the pregnancy blind. Wow. And so, and then even with, with even even out taking it even making it more personal you see some of these you know some of these women and they're having a one night stand or they are you know they are having relationships with people and you don't really even meet their family until like in, into almost what a year into the relationship sometimes not even 2 years and you might meet a a cousin here or the mom here but she don't meet the crazy cousin until two or three years into the relationship, you know, and then you find out that the grandma had issues or she was in witchcraft or the great grandma was a voodoo priest or all these other things are not found out until way later down. And so then you're wondering why, you know, the kids are always sick or, you know, and and so, and then, Even the biggest thing is it says um, even outside of the kids, it looks in his soul clays unto Dinah. So as you can see, having a sexual relations with anybody creates a connection on some level where you are desiring that person and then you're trying to get it out your system, especially with men. It's like women are, are emotionally connected, men are physically connected. So until they get it out their system, unless they get emotional attachment with that woman, it's like they, they have to physically continue to be with that woman until they get it out their system. And then they're just like, okay, I'm done. That, it wasn't even an emotional connection. I just desired that thing that was you for that moment in time. And, and and it's just like, wow, these things are God let us know way ahead of time. But we just didn't see it. You know, and we're not told it. So we're just like going around like, oh, you know, and it's even worse now because you know, they're saying, oh, you should hook up with as many people as you can until you find the one that you're sexually compatible with, not even including emotions, but if you're not sexually compatible, you can't have a true relationship. Where that idea came from is nobody but the devil. I'm sorry. I have to give some credit on that one because what does sexual compatibility have, compatibility have to do with an emotional and spiritual connection with somebody. Because at the end of the day, when your body breaks down, if you're not emotionally or spiritually connected with that person, it's pretty much a done deal. It's nothing else to be said. So we, we're constantly putting the, the cart before the horse and we're we're being led by a Can- Canaanite
3: spirit. <clears throat>
1: Any questions or comments on that? You like? Okay. That's all I could
4: say. You like? Um, the, the rest of the story um, is basically now he goes to his father and he tells his father, I want Dinah as my wife. And the funny thing is, his father doesn't even reprimand him for what he did. He was like, Oh, okay, well let me go and talk to um let me go and talk to Jacob about that, you know, let me pave the way for you. You know, and so when Jacob heard what had happened and then here comes the father talking about, Oh, you know, let you know, let me sit down and talk to you for a minute. You know, my son likes your, your daughter. Um you know, and so we would really like to, you know, you know, bring her into our family. Again, there's no sorry, there's no apology, there's no remorse about what's been done. You know, and that's and that's pretty much how they are now. Like a lot of people have that, you know, rapists have a canonized spirit. Like, you you know, I hey, you wanted it, you didn't want it, you know. I, I saw you, I wanted it, so therefore, hey, I, yeah, that's all I got for you, you know. And that's pretty much how they, they're, hey, more, the father of Shechem is acting like, you know, oh, you know, it's all right. You know, and he still wants he wants to, her, her as wife, you know, um, let's make that happen. And so... um and so he goes and in the verse eight it says, And Hamor commune with them. So Jacob hasn't told his sons yet what has happened because they're out in the field. So he held his peace and Hamor comes over like nothing's happened. Um and he's like, Hey, you know, my son, he longs after your daughter. I pray you give him give her to him to wife. And make marriages with us and give your daughters unto us and Take our daughters unto you. You know we, we we want us to let's become a family. Let's 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 do this thing together. You know, and so um. And Shechem said unto her father, and Shechem was now saying, "Let me find grace in your eyes, and what you shall say unto me, I will give." So again, there's no apology. Is this is just business? You know, um, whatever you say, I'll do it. Uh, you know, if you want a dowry, um, verse 12 ask me, never so much dowry and gift, and I will give according as ye shall say unto me. But give me the damsel to wife. So was like, I will do anything. Again, no sorry. Not even, and, I, and, think, and think about it. She's just like, I didn't even want you. I just came to, to to see if I could find a friend among the other women of the of the city that we're living in, and I'm here now in this situation, unwanted situation. And he says, um, and so in verse uh, thirteen, says, now that the sons of Jacob responded, he says, the sons of Jacob answered Shechem and Ammon his father deceitfully and said, because he had the father and sister. And they said unto them, We cannot do this thing to give our sister to one that is uncircumcised, but that were a reproach unto us. But in this will we can sit unto you, if you will be as we be, yet every male among male of you be circumcised. Because that was that was that was a that was a command of God that every man be circumcised. And another commandment of God was, whoever sets himself apart with you, you shall give them that they have to do the same thing that you do. And that's where, that's where we get it, that's where we get it wrong as well. Um, you know, first natural, then spiritual. On the natural side, you know, um, we, in, in our country now, where at one time when you came over to the United States, you had to assimilate to us so that we were on one accord, all of us under under one law, under one understanding. But now it's been it's, it's changed where we will accommodate your idols, we'll accommodate your laws, we'll accommodate you and help you to. At home, you know, it will change according to what you need, and so it's like, um, it's like now we are, we are, and in that we weaken ourselves,
1: and so that's
4: why God was like, no, if they come unto you, they have to be as you, not the other way around, and so and then spiritually it's the same way, um, if we're we're grafted in. To you know into the olive branch uh, of Christ, who is with Israel, set apart, and everything is the same way what we we're supposed to assimilate ourselves into what the branch of Jesse being a child of God is, and Israel is part of that but we're also supposed to let them see what the branch includes which is the grace the saving grace of christ so not only are we supposed to understand that we're under grace and mercy but we're also supposed to understand what we're getting grace and mercy from and that's knowing all of god not just that he gives us grace and mercy but knowing all of god are there any questions or comments
1: no, ma'am. Okay. Um, and that is
4: actually the end of the lesson for today. Does anybody have
1: anything that they'd like to share? Hmm. That's a good lesson. Not, not as... Now is the same for us, and I guess. Because it's really, from what I've been listening to, it's kind of, you know, Genesis is, um, it's, you know, it's
4: Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus, you know, all of that. Because we, we're going to be talk, we're talking about a lot of law you know, a whole lot of law um, in those books. Well, you know, those first few books. And I, I do, I'm fascinated by how everything kind of was set up. Like you see how it was all set up, the precursors to what happens later. So that that kind of always fascinates me. And if, you know, find out some you do know, have a bloodline to set up and, you know, all of that stuff. That, that, that really does fascinate me. Um, and learning about about the laws and the particulars of the law. So, yeah,
1: I, I think that, yeah, I'll just stop right there. I don't want to get ahead of you. That's all. I don't have anything deep and profound. I'm sorry. Nothing deep and profound with me, you know
3: <laughs>
4: That's fine. Just, I mean, but you know what? Uh, the thing is, a lot of times people, you know, you know, um, when people say the law, they, they get it so... I was the same way until I actually looked at mm-hmm. I was actually the same way um until I actually started looking at the law
3: and and some of it was just um when you look at them in context mm-hmm. they were just, they were they
4: were meant to instruct your life, you know, and once we got outside of. Um, looking at them like a hindrance.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it goes back to the relationship between. Come on, y'all, let's go.
3: Sorry about that. Um, once you get once you get past,
4: you know, all oh, the laws are a hindrance. They're actually they were actually meant for our good. I mean, some of them are just like um, some of the laws that are are there, you know, like about um, wearing the tassels and all this other stuff, Um, you know, wearing the tassels on your clothes and and things like that. Yeah, you know, but like in in regards to, um, you know, some of the some of the do's and don'ts, those laws are still in effect. That's and that's and that's where um you know uh uh you know God is leading me to in in these studies because you know we always say that the law is over but nowhere in the word of you know, nowhere does he say that the law's over. You need to take a, bath, a bottle of water baby. Um because even Christ when he came, he said, I did not come to void the law, I came to fulfill it. He said he came to fulfill it, not void it. And you know, and we're walking around, Oh shoot, Jesus. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, you know, we're we're acting like he came to. He said he didn't come to void it. He came to fulfill it. So what does fulfill mean? What was? A, what was? What was it about the law that he came to fulfill? And it was about the sacrifices and the priests and things like that. Where every time a law was, a law was um, broken, that they had to go and they had to do sacrifices they had to go before the priest and and have him go before god to get forgiveness so it's just like we we threw out the baby with the bath water you know and and that's how and they've been teaching us that for so long that now that's why people think that what they're doing is okay you know, they think that homosexuality is okay. They think that adultery is okay. They think that you know, getting married to your <clears throat> your husband's your 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 father's ex-wife is okay, and all this other stuff. When in actuality, no, it's not. He's already said that. No, don't do that. You know, so that we. <clears throat> But because we were taught, oh, we're not under the law. That you know, oh, it's open game, and it's like, no, no, it's not open game. It's not open game. It's still go and sin no more. It's that's still the edict that he has, um, that he put out there, and that we're supposed to follow. You know, so. That's that's where we'll be going. (laughs) That is where we'll be going.
1: And as we go forward in the in the teaching.
4: Anybody have any other comments or concerns? Mm
3: -hmm. No, ma'am.
4: Okay.
1: Anybody have any prayer requests? I always got one of those. (laughs) (laughs) All
3: right. So, Father God, we come right now for Lisa.
4: Lord, and we thank you again for this day. We thank you for watching over us and keeping us as we slept last night. We thank you, Father, excuse me, for all that you've done in Lisa's life and all that you're doing in Lisa's life. Father, the visions that you have given her, the goals that you have set before her, we thank you that you have given her a peace that passes all understanding. We thank you, O Lord, because it's by your grace and mercy that she's able to um she's able to look at her um look at her life and see how far you've bought brought her. She might not be where she wants to be Lord, but she's further than she was before. And so Father we just thank you in advance for you know, for for that. We just thank you, oh God, because it's without it's without a doubt that she acknowledges you in her life. It's without a doubt that she gives you thanks and grace for the grace and mercy. By the way, as you go forward before her today, go before her and show her what she needs to do. Um, show her the steps that she needs to take as she continues on her journey to create the educational programs that you have put before her or whatever other goals that you have put in her hand. And, Lord, we ask that you will continue to give her and her family a peace about um, the passing of her father. We ask that you will watch over her and her mom. We ask that you will continue to, to
0: put your loving
4: arms around them as they go through the process, oh, God, so that... Um, the enemy cannot go in and, and try to cause havoc on their emotions. And Father, we just thank you in advance for um loving on her and um keeping her on her feet. Watch over her and her her um, watch over her mind, watch over her soul, watch over her spirit, as only you can. In the name of Yeshua we pray. Amen. Look at it. Amen. Amen. Anybody else want prayer? I'll take some of that. Thank you. All right, Pam. All right. So, Father God, we thank you for Pam. And God we thank you because you keep her, even in spite of all that um, she does on a daily, you know. She's dealing with the heat. She's dealing with her health in the heat. And so, Lord, we just pray right now that you will cover her body, a molecule to skin, keeping her cool in the face of any heat, oh God, help her to withstand any negative effects of the heat they try to have on her today. Lord, let the breeze blow through her house as it used to go through her house to keep her in the in the right body temperature. And Lord we know you can direct the wind, you can direct the, the, the temperature. So, Lord, if it's just in her apartment, you know, that helps her temperature in her apartment stay cool, oh God. And we thank you that you keep her in perfect peace as long as she keeps her mind on here. the so Lord, continue to watch over her spirit, soul, and body as, o- as only you can. And we thank you in advance for that blessing. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Amen. And I uh, I know Erica's on the call um, I'll pray for her that um, For any of the visitors That are on the call Father we thank you For those who have come in um, And uh, And listened on today To the Bible study Father I pray that um, The information that you wanted To go forth was, was brought forth clearly, and, Lord, I thank you that you came, that you said, with two or three are gathered in your name. You are in the midst, and, and so, Lord, um,
3: hold on one second. I need you to hurry up because I'm going to get on. Okay.
4: Um, um, yeah, I pray that as each of you, when I have, um, listen to the call, that you will give them a peace today, O oh Lord. That you will watch over them and keep them in all their ways as they um, as they go throughout their day. Give them traveling mercy um, and give them um, that peace that passes all understanding. Any situation or circumstances that are they are dealing with, O oh God, give them the answers that they need to every problem that they are dealing with. Give them the direction on which to go um, to solve every issue and, um, and situation for your glory and for their good. In the name of Yeshua, I pray. Amen. Um, and Erica, Lord, we thank you for Erica. Um, we thank you for all that you have done for her and through her will continue to keep her and her family Lord as she continues to obey your your will and your way um Lord We just thank you because without um her understanding and her contribution um on the call we would be um my baby um you know she she as the pieces, as 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 you give it to her. So there's a clarity and a cohesiveness in your word. And we thank you, Father. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. 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 And I also uh, pray for Sam, our mediator of this call, the creator of this call by the Holy Ghost. Um, God gave Sam the gift. Um, he gave Sam the, the the um the uh sorry. He gave Sam um the, the responsibility of this call and he has um warned the man so well and so, Father, we thank you for Sam. We thank you that you gave him the vision to create this call for all of us to grow in our relationship with you. Father, we ask that you'll watch over him today. Give him this day his daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Whatever we need today, O oh God, we ask that you will continue to watch over us and keep us. Give, us, give him direction. Give him peace. Give him strength. Give him patience. um, Give him the energy that he needs to go throughout his day. Watch over his family and the seven degrees of separation, keeping them from all hurt, harm, and danger, seen and unseen, um, so that he's able to function and deliver what needs to be delivered for today. And we thank you for your multiple blessings in his life. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Amen we got one more uh, prayer request. Sister LaShawn is on the line. She's up at work, so she can't talk. She okay.
3: texted me and, and asked for prayer for God's direction in her life.
4: For God to do what? For God's direction in her life. Okay. Her name is LaShawn. LaShawn, uh-huh. Okay. Good morning, LaShawn. Father God, we come from LaShawn right now. Father, because... She's looking for you to give her direction. You know, you, in your word you say that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by you. You know, and she's looking for the order of your direction in her life. Oh God, so Lord, open her eyes spiritually. Give her the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that she needs to know that to know your voice as you lead and direct her. Oh God, in her in her quest for. Her family and her need for direction for her her finances and her job and her need for direction for her for just her life choices. for God and what we just thank you because we are messing stuff up and if she's looking to you to make sure that that doesn't happen. She's looking to you to make sure that the next steps that she takes are are the right steps so that she doesn't have to do. Uh, uh, do a redo or a repeat or have to go back around and learn lessons over again. And so, God, you honor your word, and your word says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by you, and that you will also make sure that our foot is not, you know, that we won't um, basically step our foot and fall, that you'll catch us. And so, Lord, she's asking for you to catch her before, even before she makes the trip. She wants you to show her, oh God, to so open her eyes to the steps that you have put before her, for her good, but especially for your glory, to show her that you are listening and that you are there for her,
3: for, for her encouragement.
4: In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen.
3: Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Good morning, and, you guys. Prayer. Huh? Mm-hmm.
4: We're doing we're um we're we're doing the prayers right now. Did you would you like prayer over you both? Sure. How I, are
3: you? Fine. I'm just blessed and honored that you remember my name. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Oh I know me because 'cause I'm really bad with names. I really am. But, you know, it's neither here nor there. I love y'all. I love y'all. And so Lord, we come for Ariba right now. And Lord, you know you know all of the all of the physical things that are going on with her. And you know every spiritual thing that's going on with her. And you know every mental thing that's going on with us. And so, Lord, we ask that you would touch on all three levels, spirit, soul, and body. You know, there's a saying that the flesh is willing. I'm sorry, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But, Lord, you can give strength where strength is needed. But you also said in our weakness you are our strength. So Lord, we just ask that she will go and 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 commune with her today. Sit down and have a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, um, eat breakfast, whatever she's doing today, oh God. Just commune with her, let her hear your voice, um, give her encouragement, oh Lord, so that uh, she can expand. The temptations that the enemy puts before her to make her, you know, to have her feel bad, to make her look at her situation through natural eyes instead of spiritual eyes. And Lord, just direct her path. Today, give her the joy that, that, that only you can, and give her a peace that only you can. And Lord, just let her feel your comfort today as only you can. And we just thank you in advance for the grace and mercy that you are bestowed upon her today. As only you can. In the name of Yeshua we pray. Amen.
3: Amen. I have another story, report if it's okay and I know that I've been
4: asking every day for this, but I know how this is gonna go. So, um
2: uh, if you can like give ask. me,
3: if you can
4: give me like a couple of minutes, I need to to run in and sign
1: my son into camp, and I'll be right back. Oh, okay, okay. okay. mm mm-hmm. oh, Uh. (laughs) I think my kids I think Kathy's jealous of the um, prayer line she's like you're getting on that prayer
4: line again every day she's like you're getting on that prayer line again
1: it's the only way you want your phone I mean, did you call it is all of that. I want to be sleep with it all night. You need help. You need to get on the prayer line. Thank you for your patience, everybody. I'm back.
3: Hey. Hello. Yes, we're ooh. here. Okay. Um, Elisa says she had a exile request. Yeah, just for my family for this um upcoming service for my aunt. This this they're having and at least Hard
4: times going on, man. Not that it's different from when anybody passes away, but but because of her positioning in my family, and she was like, it
3: just, yeah.
4: Okay. Um, because of your your aunt's
3: position in the family. Or? I mean,
4: yeah. I mean, and she was just a very she was just a very um, central part of the family.
3: Okay. And, um
4: and I'm worried we're all worried about my grandmother now because this is the fourth
2: child she's lost. You're not supposed to lose your children like that. And she oh, made oh it through God. the
4: first one. And they were all young, very young.
3: Very okay. young. So we're concerned about where she's gonna go from here. Okay. Father God, we come right now. Um <laughs> oh. Jesus' family, um,
4: this blow, this, the passing of her eyes, is a blow to the family that um, is being built on
3: all generations and all levels.
4: And so Father, we come right now that um, as they go through the process of grief, oh Lord, that you go in and you um, have your Holy Spirit Up the foundation, um, the area of excuse me, the void that is being opened because of her passing. Um, uh, Because the thing is, when we lose a loved one, especially someone who
1: we all look to, um, we, we tend to get lost for a
4: time. And so, Lord, we speak against that loss, that losing of of, um, direction, that loss of vision, that loss of, um, you know, of determination. Lord, we come against every spiritual level of depression. We come against every mental level of anxiety, of, um, you know, of being out of touch, of going into that into that place, that empty space that sometimes we go into when we have a situation we cannot handle. Father, I speak that you go into all the empty spaces, that you go into all the empty places, that you go into the void that has been created with your Holy Spirit and you give, you fill it up. Be the balm of Phileas that we know you are. We we speak that every crack and crevice that the enemy is trying to get a handle into to bring depression, to bring uh, 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 a low spirit, just you know the the woe, that woe, that oh my gosh kind of you know feeling that sometimes we have a long time getting out of. Lord, we know that you can go in and you can you can make the necessary adjustments that are needed in the spirit, soul and body. Father, we ask that you'll watch over the grandmother who has has who has lost so many of her children, Father God. We ask that you will go in and you will that you will have your Holy Spirit fire. Go through her body. Let it not break down, let it not be despaired. There's a a scripture that says, oh, why is my soul cast down? Or or why is your soul, why are you cast down? And it's just like we're we're asking ourselves, why are we so low? And, Lord, we know why, because of the passing of the deity, but we know you can go in and have her countenance be shored up in you, that you can go in and give her a piece that has all understanding. And, you know, you said that we all have a time. And sometimes the times are 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 just so sudden and sometimes unnecessary. But the thing is, you can go in and you can give us the understanding. You can help us discern. You can give us the wisdom and knowledge that we need, oh, God, The only you can give us, so that we can get an understanding and a peace about any situation. So we ask right now that that be done for this family, so that they can move, so that they not, will not be paralyzed. Let them lean on you, oh God. Help them to lean on you and not get angry at you and not get angry at life, but just look to you for for that which you have always promised, and that is wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and also comfort and peace and joy for mm-hmm. their good and for your glory. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank
3: you.
4: And I pray for Maria it's right amazing. now. Father, um, so the enemy comes but to still... Kill and destroy Well you guys Excuse me I got to go now My nurse is here I'm sorry No I'm, I'm I'm getting ready to hang up because my nurse Is here so I'll talk with you guys In the morning Alright have a blessed day You too Thank you um, We come from Maria Right now Father um, we know that the enemy comes to still kill, and destroy. And we know that he especially is coming for our youth. And so our youth and our health, and you gave us the story of Job that lets us know that the enemy comes to put temptation before us, that the enemy comes to have us renounce who you are. And so, Lord, we know who you are, and we know whose we are. Maria knows, and her daughter knows. And sometimes we just forget based on what we're going through. We just have to remind ourselves of the promises that you have given us and that you never, you never, you never go back on your word. Sometimes we may have to wait. Sometimes we may have to go through a process. But, Lord, right now we're coming and we're asking for healing in the spirit and the soul and in the body. Father, we ask that you will go in and spiritually reconnect, that you will
1: spiritually realign. When it needed to be realigned because there's a disconnect, oh God.
4: There's a disconnect. And it it happens because sometimes what the what the professionals say, and I and I don't discount professionals because they give us they they are they are the ones who help us direct what to pray. And sometimes what happens is that we don't have control
1: over anything there are certain things we can control. And unfortunately, we try to take control in in very odd ways.
4: And so, Lord, just help us put you back into control for them. As they go forward in prayer, we stand in in, in the agreement with the prayers of Maria that you will be put back into the, the right position that you will be the controlling factor, that, that you will go in and, and show up and show out. Touch her spirit, soul, and body, Father God. You know what's going on. You know the situation. You know, Father God, what she's feeling. You know, Father God, what being, what's being sent to her in her spirit by the enemy. Help her discern, oh, Lord. And give Maria the strength that she needs, oh God, to be there, to, under, to be understanding. Because sometimes as parents, we want to go in and sit. We want to go in and correct. But, Father, help her to know exactly what needs to be said and done so that the correction that's needed is done without any detriment to the spirit, soul, or body. Help her to to understand, give her wisdom and knowledge, oh, God, help her to know what and how to pray. And help her to see the, the signs and help her to see what what the, the, the triggers are so that she'll be able to cast down every imagination that tries to exalt itself above you. And we thank you in advance because you said where two or three are gathered in your name. We don't have to be physically gathered. spiritually gathered. So we are standing in agreement in the spirit with Maria and the situation that is before her in agreement that you will correct it and you will cast down every imagination that is trying to exalt itself above you in your word so that she can gain control of the situation as it's needed. And we thank you and give you praise and honor that only you deserve. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Are there any other requests for prayer? Okay. Are there any comments, concerns,
4: questions that can be researched and answered at a, um,
1: on next Monday? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I know I must sound uh, like a creeper. i the stretch it. Um, oh, my gosh. Sorry, I lost it. I lost it. I'll shoot you a text when it comes back to my mind. Okay. Okay. Well, that being said, if there's no other questions
4: or comments for a request or concern.
3: Oh, I have something that has nothing to do with well okay. all right The first thing is
4: I had um tagged both of
1: you, Pam and Scotty. Did I just tell you that? Oh, my God. Um, did I say Pam and Scotty? I need to go to sleep and take care days. Felicia,
4: Felicia, Felicia, Pam. I had tagged you guys
3: in a video. I don't know if you ever saw it, a TDJ video
1: on Facebook. That? I saw okay. it. I
4: haven't seen to
3: it yet, though. So. Okay. Did you see it, Felicia? Yeah. I, I looked I look at the whole thing now. Okay. Did not just watch
4: the beginning, though?
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Okay, that's the part I'm going to talk about. Um, that... Well... Besides just being exactly what I've been saying for God's um even on the line. So I ended up in a conversation with
1: some of us about that. Um, I would love to, because it's really directly connected
4: also
3: with the business, not that, the high call that we talked about. That we do. I can That we do. Hey,
4: you're breaking up. Hold on a second. On.
2: Okay. Is yeah, you better? might need to adjust your Bluetooth or something.
3: You know what? Can, is this better? Yes. Yeah, I was talking with it right on my lips. That's what it was. Um, that
4: it, you know, the, the video, well, all of it, but especially the first like, the five minutes. When talking, is exactly
1: what I've been trying to say is needed um, in the kingdom. like I'm going to say about it
3: because and it's directly correlated with some of the things I've talked about on my business last night, fall of Friday. And um, after the session that I would love to have on the line, I don't you know how or when the
1: that's the discussion that I would love to have for us on this line as an institute. Um, how we can move forward. I mean, I just want to know
3: what people's opinions are about. If I'm making any sense, I'm, I'm really trying to do a hearing right now, the last
4: couple of days. I'm really trying. To be a you, are, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you, sir. So I didn't understand anything you said.
3: Oh you my could God.
4: say. Yeah, cause you're, it's like. It's what about now? Okay. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. Oh, you know what happened? There's a short. <laughs> but some y'all gotta pray for me. I am so just out of sports for the past few days. I'm talk. I was talking into the wrong mic. I was
2: talking into the one that doesn't work. Oh, okay. I, I shorted out one of them sleeping on, You know <laughs> falling asleep with this thing In my ear On the prayer call you know sometimes y'all don't know But I dozed off and it got Tangled up and shorted out on one ear So I was talking in the ear that doesn't work But what I was saying was um, The part that Jakes was talking about Especially the first five minutes Is critical To kingdom building To me and obviously to a lot of other people, Um, I would just love to have a discussion about that because it's really germane also to what it is that we talk about on the Mastermind Call and with this ministry that we're doing. I just
4: really would love to have a discussion about that and what we can do.
1: Just what people think, if that makes sense, what people think. About it, that's why I was
4: asking
2: if you guys watched it.
4: And well, you know what? When it comes to kingdom building, I mean, we have gotten way off track, um, and that goes back to. Um, it's it's funny because me and a, an associate of mine was talking about this in church, and um, you know the thing is when it comes to kingdom building, we have we have to we have to be retaught. Mm. We have to be retaught, and not just as black people, but as Christians, because what's happened is the word of God has been, has been manipulated into yeah. turning people to thinking about themselves. I mean, think about it. Whenever mm. you're in church, they said, "Go after God for your blessing, go after God for your blessing, go after God and get what you need. But when you look at the ministry that was that was um even from the Old Testament to the New Testament, everything was shared. there was mm-hmm. nothing there was no all about me or all about just this family. It was like, I mean, look at the the story of um, Joseph. Even though God put him there for Israel, it was also meant for everyone who was associated with Israel. So when you look at the body of Christ, we had discussed this before, everything that's going on in the world today banks, schools um medicine that all started in the church hmm. because it started as we're a community, we're for everybody if I have you have that had, that was that was always the that was the mantra that God gave us, if I have, you have. I mean, think about it. We say it's always better to give than receive. Okay, but it's always about self. It's not about anybody else.
3: But if we take
4: that same mentality and we use it for what God really wanted us to use it for, it's not about you getting rich. It's not about this this not about this person getting a Bentley, that person getting a Mercedes, you getting that five bedroom house. What it is is when he blesses us, we're supposed to use it to bless everybody else. It's that circular motion. I mean when you look at it when you look at the, how the the world knows it. The one percenters—they get it. They understand. As long as, as if I create companies and I have enough people working for me, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I've created jobs, and I'm making money off those jobs I created. That's. But the thing is, it it comes back to their pocket. But if the church was to really stand up and do and and follow the 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 plan that God had put in place, where there is no big eyes of little youth, I mean, look at what Christ did. He went and he asked the little boy, "Give me your two fish and five loaves of bread. So let me take what you have. Give me what you have, so I can give to everybody else." That's what we're supposed to do. Take what we have, and then make it so that everybody has something everybody gets you know gets gets to eat, everybody gets to have shelter, everybody gets to have good health, everybody gets a car. I mean I mean we could be over you get a car, you get a car, you get a car because we all come together and did what God wanted us to do. Mm -hmm. But we have to get out of self first. We have to get out of all these divisions first. And that's why the judgment is coming to the house first. It's coming to the church us. We're not doing what we're supposed to do.
3: Mm -hmm.
4: You know, and and it was just when we were talking about this yesterday, I was just like, wow. And I'm like, God is just like, you know what? I need y'all to catch it. I need you to catch it. It's... You know, it's about it's about the individual, but it's about the mm. collect even more so. Because mm. if you look at your brother on the street and you're passing him by, mm. and you know you have a dollar in your pocket, but you don't want to give it to him because he's standing on the street corner. You don't know his story. Mm. You know what I mean? And I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm. <laughs> There have been times when I'm looking at somebody. I, I passed this man yesterday. I'm like, I gave you two dollars the other day. I'm not about to give you two dollars today, you know. But it's just, it's just, it's it's like we have to say it's not about what I want to do. Mm. <laughs> It's not about that because when it comes, because when it comes back to it, God will God will prosper it. But how much more can He let it prosper? It's just like seeds, you know. They say if you scatter seeds and how it pollinates. If we scatter the seeds the right way, it will continue to grow and grow and grow. Mm-hmm. But we are so into oh, it's for my people, or it's for me. Oh, it's for this particular church, or it's for this particular de- denomination, and God's like, no, no, I need y'all to catch it. It's for the body of Christ. It's the body of Christ, you know. And
1: so, I mean, we should
4: we shouldn't have banks. We should have hospitals. We should have buildings where the homeless. Can- as a single parent, can go and have low-income housing. We should have all of that. But unfortunately, we don't because, you know, the church would rather have a $5,000 seating building. They would rather have, you know, all these elaborate conferences and all these, you know, we're going to go on a cruise around the world
3: you
4: know, and all this (laughs) and stuff. So it's, it's it's just like our we have we, our goals are not really kingdom goals until we <laughs> are looking and acting like the kingdom. And I'm gonna get off my soapbox because I've been it much for a minute, but <laughs> you know, but it's, well, it's, I'm it's, like you just preached that thing you need to record a YouTube video. <laughs> Yeah, no, you know, but it's it's, it's, it's the whole, because God wants us to get it. He does. He wants us to get it, but unfortunately, when we go into the church house, a lot of ministers are teaching what the world taught and not what God taught, you know, and it's just like we can't have it both ways. We cannot have it both ways. And it's coming down to, I mean, because God, God has put down that line of demarcation and, and the sifting is starting now. So if you're all about you, if you're all about black and white, if you're all about, okay, you know, um, I'm, I'm agnostic or I'm apostolic and you're Pentecostal and or you're Baptist or you're Methodist and you're not about, then it's, it's not going to work. It's not going to work, you know, because that's what the enemy wants us to focus on, the division and not what we're supposed to do, and that's come together. Because the thing is, if we knew, if we, if we really, really paid attention, we have the power to change the course of everything that's going on. But we're so stuck on ourselves as individuals and our own little clique, and groups and divisions, just like we just read today, we have we have the we have the the troops, we have the droves, we have the you know the family, we have all of that, and it's like that separates us from what God wants us to, to look like and be like. One big group,
1: all going towards the same goal.
3: All going
1: towards the same goal. Oh,
3: well, yeah. Oh, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm,
4: you, done. I'm just curious as yeah. to how how you think then that that can be accomplished. How, how do you think I, that, that can be? Let's say everybody said, "All right, you know what? I see the light. We've been tripping, blah, blah, blah. How do you think that could be accomplished? Um, first and foremost, knowing that. You're not the leader, God directs it all, you know, and that and that's another thing that that we have shortcomings because a lot of people put the minister, the bishop, the pope, the pontiff the the priest they put them ahead of God
3: mm-hmm.
4: you know, and that's what god that's the whole point of Christ. He was like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm the high priest. So if we are all connected, spirit, soul, and body, and like Sam was talking about yesterday, how Christ was in, you know, when she was pregnant with the Holy Spirit, leaped and got a hold of Elizabeth and John, if we are the body of Christ and we have him within us, God will lead us to where we need to go. And he will put leaders in place where when we see them and we hear them speak, we will know based on our spirit if they are being led by Christ or not. And if they're not being led, then we won't follow them. (laughs) Sorry, B. (laughs) You know, we won't follow them. We'll be like, uh, uh-uh, uh, you're you're not following the precepts that God has put forth. I, I can't follow you,
3: you know. Um,
4: and then, but if we're all on one accord and we're all listening to the Holy Spirit, He will direct on how we come together. He will direct on, you know, the, the like like we always say on the line now, the process that needs to be taken. Okay. We're the body of Christ. Okay, you're the foot, then you're going to do all the footwork. That means you're running around and getting the supplies and maybe getting the information together. Okay, you're the hand. You know how to do all the information work to it gets together. Okay, you're the heart. You're the one that's going to draw the people together. Okay, you've got the truth. Then you're the one that's going to speak to these people and make sure that what's being done is being understood and that it's scripture-driven, it's Holy Spirit-driven, And keeping us all on course, Um, but until we are willing to be on one accord with the Holy Spirit, and 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 not like, oh, you know, well, the the Word of God says that a woman shouldn't preach. Well, no, no, it didn't say you shouldn't preach, but it says that the that that the woman, cause, I mean, if that's the case, then he wouldn't have said in the Old Testament that, and in the New Testament, that women should prophesy, that women should teach the children. If that's the right. case, that we should always be quiet, that we should be there sitting meek and mild and not saying a word. That's not what he said. So it's just like we have to we have to be on one accord and understanding what God really said and what he meant and everything. You know, and understanding that sometimes um and I'm just gonna put it out there because you know people um <laughs> some people caught it, and some people didn't, like everything that Paul wrote, you know everything <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> um that everything that Paul wrote. Wasn't God driven. And he even, right. and if, you're, if you're not reading it, and that's the sense some people will read it and they get it, and some people read it and you think, like, oh, no, that's, that's God. No, he even, even Paul said, this is how I feel. Not just to the Spirit of the Lord, but this is how I feel. So if, you, if you're reading his word and not you know you're reading you're reading his letters and not discerning that he has put his own feelings and traditions and thoughts and opinion into that into that letter, then you're being led by his flesh and not by the Holy Spirit. And so it's just like we have to get on one accord. Act explains to us and it gives us again the diagram it says that when they were all on the court and unfortunately it was a remnant it wasn't the 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 numbers had dwindled down God has showed us even then he, he lets us know that even though it starts off as a large number by the time it's all said and done, people are gonna get tired, people are gonna get, you know, discouraged, people are gonna get disillusioned, they're gonna start walking away. But it's the remnant that's willing to go into the to the holy place. Go to the Holy Spirit and ask for the discerning power, to ask for wisdom, knowledge and you know, and understanding. Those are the ones that are gonna be willing to that he's gonna pour out his holy spirit on and give them the power and authority that's needed. So it's not going to be a large scale. It's going to be small. It's going to it's going to be small things. It's not it's, cuz the thing is God is not looking for how grandiose the building is. He's not looking for, you know, how elaborate the setup is. He's looking at the heart of the matter. Okay, where's Uh your heart as you build this? Are you building this to to show off, or are you building this for me? Because if you build it for me, I can make this look so much better inside and out. Uh So, I mean, it's a humbleness that he's looking for, you know. It's a humbleness. And it's just like when we're there, we see it. I mean, can, I I've only been at that humble point once or twice. I'm not even gonna lie. Staying humble is hard, and we all know that because you know we let pride get in the way, we let doubt and fear get in the way, we let circumstances and situations get in the way, and we lose sight of of it's not all about me. Wow, it's all about me, and when we do that, God is just like, okay, I can work with. You. And then you just start watching stuff fall in the face. You know, you make a phone call and say yes. You make, you go and you pick you get discounts and you get this and you get that. And just whatever your goal is, is just it's just effortless. I'm not saying you don't have those rocky stars where you get the nose and stuff, but it's not as hard as it would be if you were trying to do it and because you don't get you don't get as discouraged because when you're listening to his voice, he's directing you to the right person who might not be able to tell you yes, but directs you to the person who can say yes, hmm. who's able to give you the information that you need to take the next step. Hmm. But it's you know only, I'm, okay. I'm going to shut up. I'm sorry. But that's yeah.
2: No, no, it no, no. no. Is, it's just something that you said just kind of hit me um,
4: when you said about humility and then things being all about us. I used to think that,
2: and this is a recent revelation.
4: Please know this is recent. I used to think that being prideful, and this is until I, till we started reading from my dad's book on land Um and, we're, and you know how we were we talking about the seven things that I hate. And then mm-hmm. it's is connected with what you just said. You know, I used to think that being that pride, because it all goes back to pride. It's
2: all pride um, at the foundation. I used to think that being prideful, um, uh, how can I say this?
4: Okay, let me back up and say this a different way. I never really associated fear, doubt,
3: disbelief.
4: And all that stuff with the spirit of pride and
2: not being humble. And those things, because pride means it's all about you.
4: And I never made those connections before. That, and then it's like the spirit of offense. And, you know, all that stuff. And that stuff is, is connected with pride. Because if you take offense to something excessively. Now, some things you should take offense to. I ain't saying that. But if you excessively take offense to things, then you are saying everything that you say is about me. It's all about me. You start to get me. You know what I'm saying? Like So many things are directly connected to or stem from a feeling that it is all about us. And, and it's, I've never really made that connection before. And then you just said it again. You just said it again. Because if we are truly walking in the belief that it's not about
2: us, and then and while certain things may keep up, they're not going to take over our lives because we realize that it's not about us. I don't know if what I'm saying is making any sense. I've been having a hard time with that <laughs> the past few days being... Understandable.
3: Okay, never mind. So, oh, no. you were
4: saying that, make make sure I'm, you were saying that you didn't understand that. Um, other things besides pride is being about self. I'm saying how. I'm saying that I didn't realize that so many things work directly connected to a spirit of pride. Oh,
3: directly okay. Spirit of offense.
4: And, you know, because it all goes out to us thinking that everything is about us and
3: our mm. feelings.
4: And people just want to
2: hurt us. And people are just talking about us. And it's all about us. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't understand. So what I'm saying is I didn't understand that pride uh, have
4: such a widespread meaning or widespread behaviors or thoughts attached to it is what I'm saying. And okay. So now I say,
2: now I understand why the reading was, was saying that pride is at the foundation or the base of all other sins, like the lying tongue, like the wicked uh uh the wicked um imaginations, the with wicked imaginations and feet that run to evil and you know, mischief and all that stuff.
3: Mm-hmm. It all
2: revolves around us. You know, I I wanna feel better or, you know, I think that the thing is all about me or I need attention or I I I I I. I I just never realized until now. That so many things were directly linked to pride, and and what you just said just
4: brought that back to my mind yet again. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, what's so funny is because I didn't know either. I didn't uh, until I I was listening to um, you know, I said a while ago about a minister that told me about um, that was preaching on you know pride mm-hmm. and the you know pride was about self. You know, and anything uh, that's about self is about pride and how, you know, so if you're shy, if you're the it's anything that hinders you from basically doing things to give glory to God, it is a it's a form of pride. Who said, he's being he's shy? Not, huh? Even then he shy.
3: Man, he be
4: yeah, because he would say, okay, so you're – and his example is what hit me because he was like, say you're called into ministry. Mm-hmm. He, he was called into ministry, and he was extremely shy. And so he hindered his ministering time because he couldn't get in front of anybody to speak. Oh, and speak. And so heard. he said the Spirit of the Lord came to him and told him, why are you being so prideful? And he was like, I'm not being prideful, I'm just shy. And he was like, the Spirit of the Lord was telling him that that's a form of being private because you don't want attention on yourself, on yourself,
3: mm. so therefore
4: you refuse to do any, you know, you refuse to, you know, answer your calling. And so but he was like... it shouldn't be about mm-hmm. you in the first place. Exactly. Is that what you mean? Yes. Okay. And so he was like, so he heard that he was just like... Wow, so as long as he, and so he said, as long as he knew, as long as he focused that it wasn't about him, it was about Mm -hmm. God He was able to get up and do the preaching and the teaching that he was called to do. And so he's been doing it for like 30 years now, but it was that rough start. And so, I mean, look at, you know, not just, you know, you know, some people won't go into ministry because they don't want to be poor, I gotta identify that I get eighty thousand dollars a year. Why would I wanna go into ministry full time and I might not break twenty thousand? You know what I mean? So that's a, that's that you know, that's that spirit of pride. You're you're looking at yourself more than what God is calling you to do. And you know what? Let me go and tell on my own self down the line shame.
2: I know that when I have first problems in the ministry, I was like, shoot. I ain't getting ordained, no because I can't mess with no funerals. Because <laughs>
3: somebody going to ask you to do
2: one.
4: Don't know later. <laughs> I
3: don't...
4: I ain't lying, man. I'm something that truth God love right now. <laughs> I
3: can't... I cannot fool with no funerals. I can't fool with no funerals, man. I said, I can't, mm-mm, Jesus. So I said, well, I won't
4: be I won't be getting uh, ordained
2: because we just don't have to settle for me just being minister such and such.
3: <laughs>
4: that be my name, minister such and such. And I put on one of them collars. But I can't be doing no funerals because y'all know I don't do that stuff. So. And my mother was like, Do
1: you hear yourself fool? She didn't say fool, but I know that's what she was thinking. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you really think of it, when you really
4: think of it, look at what all the prophets and the disciples had to go through.
1: I mean, you have to be real humble, man. You have to be real humble. Now, y'all know the devil cut my call off. Boy, Every time
4: I say something, what well, enemy don't want me to tell the God I love. Um, <laughs> I mean, just cut me right on off. But no, but that's, you know, and I, I recognize that that was the spirit of pride. I mean, and the same thing with speaking in tongues. I told him, I don't do all that. I don't do all that. I don't know. Like, I can do some other stuff, but all that right there, that's too much it's Too much going on for me.
3: Mm-mm.
4: So, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. And he just was like, oh, my God. So, you just going to tell God what you're going to do? Like, you just going to keep telling him what you're going to do, huh? You know. And, yeah, I was, I was, I was tricking. It was hard. All day, every day on that on those particular things, you know, but sometimes we don't realize that that's what it is because we just feel like it's our feelings, right, and we should be entitled to our feelings, right, Take so those emotions again exactly, exactly, and he just and he needs us to step out of our emotions and really to the spirit um what I'm getting understanding is in the spirit, there are no. There is no negative emotions. Hmm. There is no negative emotions because the spirit, the fruit of the spirit is what patience, mm-hmm. joy, peace. Mm-hmm. So there's no negative emotions in the spirit. So as when we start feeling the negative emotion, and that's our cue. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> that's our cue. To let us know that we're no longer walking in the Holy Spirit. We're walking Mm. in the flesh. We're walking in the soul. We're walking soulishly, fleshly, however you want to put it. We're not walking in the spirit. Because the spirit, when we're walking in the spirit, the, the fruit of the spirit lets us know, okay, I'm walking in the spirit of God. Cool. Anything outside of the fruit of the spirit, that means that we are totally walking in self. So that confusion, that doubt, the fear the 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 chaoticness, okay, I'm walking in self, I'm not walking in the spirit right now. Let me go and and get back focused. Let me go get back focused, you know that's sure that's our time where well, we're supposed to go into the bathroom, you go into the bedroom, go sit in your car, go take a walk, or whatever, mhm. And and get okay, Lord, you know I need you to, I need to, I need, I need to hear from you now, right now, because I'm out, I'm, I'm totally not where I'm supposed to be, you know, so. And that's and like like the favorite, the 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 word of the of the year is is a process. It is a process. That's the word of the year. You know, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it's the word of the year. I was going to say the word of the day, the word of the month, but I'm like, no, I think that's the word of the year. It's a process, you know. And once we understand that, we, you know, because the thing is, we then we get discouraged. You know what I mean? We get discouraged, which brings up that self thing again, because now we're discouraged that us fallen, prey to whatever temptation was put before us. To make us angry and take us out of walking in the spirit, you know what I mean. And then it's just like God is just like, man, just dust yourself off and try again. It's okay. <laughs>
3: so
4: just, just keep, just keep walking, just keep moving, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't give up, never surrender. All of those cliches that you hear
1: in the movie, you know, just, you know, so I agree. Yeah, that's it, that's all. I got to say, this talk was awesome. This talk was awesome. Yeah, I
4: agree. There's a lot of things that need to be discussed that are very real, uh, that are very real, because we have to be balanced. If you will, we have to we have to be balanced in this thing. You know, there's a lot to it. Um, a lot to it. As far as you know, going out <laughs> and do and, and there's different ways that you can go
2: out and and into the world and minister. You know,
4: you don't necessarily have to. You know, like the Jehovah Witnesses go, and I'm not criticizing or anything, but I'm just saying, like how they go door to door and pass out things, and you know, stuff like that. Um, There's different. There's different ways to minister.
1: Right,
2: and
4: we have to do that. I mean, because you know what, and that's and that's one of the things um, the ministers had said. They were like, you know, everybody wants to say, well, I want to you. You don't have to minister to a big crowd. It don't mm. have to be some grandiose gesture. It could just be you seeing a single mom, or mm. uh, you know, seeing somebody struggling with something or whatever, and going to them and saying, "Hey, you need some help." You know, or even if it's somebody who who is requesting financial assistance, I hate the word begging, who's requesting financial assistance, you know, you can give an encouraging word as you give them the dollar or whatever you're giving them, you know. Mm -hmm. Or, hey, can I, you know, I can, I'm I'm not going to give you cash. I don't have cash, but I have, you know, I can go with you and get you something to eat and in the process of getting them something to eat, you know. Sitting down and having a conversation. Well, what's going on? How did you get this far? Where you, you know, where what happened? Because a lot of times, and what I learned is, a lot of times they just want. A lot of them miss that connection with people.
1: You know, like mm-hmm. when well, you
4: get their story, they're just like, I don't know where I, got, but I'm, you know, and they just it's like, but people walk by me, acting like. I'm, you know, I'm not saying all of them are 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 homeless on purpose, but mm-hmm. you know, but those those who are that are not homeless on purpose, they like they walk past me like I'm nothing,
3: you know, mm-hmm. and
4: all they need is and that ministering is you just going to them and and showing them that you see them, I see you. And that's ministry in it itself, mm-hmm.
3: you, know, you know. It you really know.
4: is, huh? You know, I said it really is because so many people. So many people are, have 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 just been forgotten. It's like they don't even exist. It's
3: like they don't even exist, man. Yeah,
4: they need that. I need that. Cause I, you know, I, I used to walk downtown, and there was this one person, and I, I I'm so sorry, I miss, I'm, I, I miss him now. You know, there was this one um, man. He's the, um, you know, sell streetwise, and he sat right outside my building every day. And whenever I went to lunch, if I saw him, I would sit down and have a conversation with him. And he was so nice. You know, he was so nice. And after I lost touch with him, I would, like, go out and I would walk around or whatever, and I would watch how people would walk past some of the homeless people. And it was just like, do you not know that you are two checks from that? you won that episode from that, you know, I'm like, you don't know what their story is. And, again, I'm not saying, I. and I know I've seen one or two stories where that's their hustle. Like that's how they make their money. And they, they come away making a whole bunch of money and go around the corner and get in the car and drive off. But for those who are really struggling, it's just like, you know, you don't get it. That could be. you. That's why that song says it could have been me. Outdoors, no food, no home. I mean, it could have been me. All you know. And so it's just like we. And even even though even though we say we, we say we're Christians, how many you know? I've seen I've seen how I've listened to how some of us even talk about homeless folks, and it's just like. So, but isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? You know, are they, isn't there a church that they can go to that's giving out food? Well, aren't you the church? Mm-hmm. So, we're, we're a long way. We're a long way.
3: Yeah. We somebody, are a long
4: way. <laughs> as long as somebody is making moves, you know, somebody's making moves.
1: Yeah,
3: you know, it, it 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 may
4: not. It's not going to be everybody. It's not going to be everybody all at once. But you want to know something? As long as
1: someone is doing it, we have to be
4: responsible for doing it. You know, we have to be responsible. Well ourselves, just imagine if everybody was responsible for
1: themselves doing it and wasn't worried
2: about, you know, who else
1: was doing it. You know what I mean?
3: If everybody did it, then it would be done. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody, everybody
4: that, uh, everybody that um, did it
1: would be doing it, so to speak. Yeah. If If that makes sense. And you know and um uh and
4: and that and that's the thing you know everybody there are there are people I've heard that do do that, you know that they do reach out their hand to people you know and and give and encourage and you know and even when it comes to our youth, our youth mm-hmm. in this way, you know
3: mm-hmm. from the
4: littlest to the to the oldest. They, all they're looking for is for you to really see them where they are, you know. I mean, and once you do that, there's just, you know. So that's, I mean, again, referencing scripture, because I, I get it. I'm mean, starting to get it, and it's just like, wow, God, you just, you're, you've been trying to tell us all along. Like when, mm-hmm. um, when um, Christ helped the blind man. And the first thing he did was when he first, um, you know, touched his eyes, he's like, "What do you see?" I see men as trees, mm-hmm. you know. And then he was like, oh, "Okay, that, nope, that's too much." Then he was like, "Okay, I see men as they are, and that's how we are. We have to start seeing men as they are, women as mm-hmm. they are. I mean, mm-hmm. they might be trifling, they might be angry, they might be whatever, but seeing them." Oh that goes God. back to your soul and body, but actually seeing them. Why are you angry?
3: Mm-hmm.
4: You know that's why you know people say about mental mental health. I get mental health. I understand it, but once you see them from who they are, then you understand why they are the way they are, and they can be helped. You know, and and it's just like that's like when Erica. Really gets into, you know, into her her profession. It's like she's going to be able to really see them for who they are, because we get so lost in what the we we. Cause I'm going to shut up for real. I am, but we get so caught up in what the world says we should look like. Well that we lose, we lose, and then the world tells us what we should look like. We get married or we have boyfriends and girlfriends, and then they tell us what we should look like. And then we look at ourselves and we compare ourselves to somebody else, and then we say what we should look, should look like. But then when we look in the way that the Spirit of the Lord wants us to see ourselves, it's totally different because he doesn't look at the outside. He could care less what clothes you have on, what newest hairstyle you have, how much or how little makeup you wear. If you have your nails and feet done, he doesn't really care.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like, huh? I said that's the truth right there. So... And he sees
4: us for who we are. And if we are him and he's in us, then we need to start seeing each other for who we really are, mm. not our expectations. And I'm definitely done. <laughs> I'm definitely done now. Mm-hmm. So. No, that's all right,
3: Jesus. That's
4: all right. That's all right. That's all right. That is all right. I just sent you something, Miss Felicia, in your e- inbox. Chicken Soup for the Soul. Pam, I don't think, I mean, I could send it to you too, but Pam might not even be here no more. Um, but Chicken Soup for the Soul is looking for submissions, and they're paying $200 for submissions. I think you should go for it.
1: Oh, mm-hmm. me?
2: Are to me? Oh, okay. Are you a writer,
3: Sam?
4: Yeah,
2: if I put forth the effort. I mean, they don't have They don't have a um, chicken soup with numbers for the soul. You're so silly. <laughs> <laughs> they might chicken soup. I mean, they got a lot of different divisions. I mean, a
1: lot. Hmm. Yeah. All right, All mm-hmm. um, Don't forget to register for the women's conference. Hmm. Okay. Don't forget to um, register for the women's conference. Okay, I
2: can't do that into into um, after the first of the month anyway. Okay,
1: first of the month. All right, that's fine. Just a little reminder.
3: You know, while we're on the line. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> While we're on the line, the main line. Telling God what we want. I
4: understand. Hey, <laughs> hey,
3: hey, hey.
4: <laughs> oh, my goodness.
3: Oh. But,
4: yeah, God is awesome. God is faithful. Um, if there's, oh, um because you're the only one that really messages me, and I'm going to put this on my, on my timeline too. Um, mm-hmm. I would... You want
3: me to send it in my... Huh? You want me to send
4: it on
3: your um,
4: timeline? No. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, either place it on my timeline or text me. I'm gonna put both of those. I'm gonna put a note on my top, on my on my page for that because I'm no longer gonna deal with Messenger because oh, you don't okay. got because now you gotta download the app and all that other stuff. You can't. I don't know. I don't. I don't have the the Facebook app on my on this the phone that I use day to day. So anything on Messenger, I don't know it's there. I mean, it, it pops up that I have a message, but then I have to, you know, I, I don't want I don't want a message on my phone. I don't I don't, I don't want neither one of those apps on my phone because they want too much. They want too much um, access to everything. Mm-hmm. Else. So yep. I was like, I have a, um, and I don't have the secondary my my other phone with me enough to you know uh-huh. to respond right away. So.
3: Yeah, well,
4: so I'm, going to repost. I'm going to repost the video to your page. And I'm okay. going to right now, and I'm actually doing it right now because I can finally have a laptop and I can work while I'm talking. So I'm doing that right now. Pam, okay, I'm going to put it on yours so you might get a wild hair and decide you want to, uh, you know. No, which vi- is this? you talking about the
2: TDJ's video?
1: The chicken soup. Oh, okay. Wait a minute. On a friend's timeline. Yeah, the chicken soup. Yay. Yep. Yeah. Okay, this is very funny. Okay. Uh, In, to end this call, I'm going to read from the
4: um, prophecies, encouraging words, however you want to um, to to put them. Um, this comes from the site Faith Tabernacle of uh-huh. Criminal, um, and there's two separate ones. The first one is. There is a river that flows from my throne to you. It's flowing into you even now, in this moment, to strengthen you, to heal you, to bring my presence to you. It comes as a spiritual rain from time to time. It falls upon you to strengthen you. It comes to anoint you. Ask for the rain in the season of the rain. Let the river come to you and refresh you. Let it anoint you. And heal you, let it bring you forth into my purposes, and let there be an increase of it in these days, says the Lord God. And then the second um, is many of you, my people, are still skimming the surface. We were just talking about this. You have a form of godliness. Through religious exercise, that you have not developed relationship with me in the spirit, it is time for you to dig in, get connected, and find the place of spiritual truth and the actual flow of the spirit, says the Lord. And that comes in. Um, they reference Second Timothy three five, having a form of God in this, but denying its power. <clears throat>
3: so,
4: those are. The final thoughts we're going to leave with you guys for today. And if there is nothing else, would you mind um, praying us out, Miss Lisa? Mm-hmm.
3: Not at all. Precious and Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you this morning for
4: allowing us another time your fellowship. With one another, for another time to come together, for another time to just share in your word. We thank you for the giver of the information this morning. We thank you that
3: you have been to use her, to to use her for for your purposes, for your divine purpose for her life. We just thank you for the line.
4: We thank you for just the the, the technology that we can all get together and we can just jump right on up and jump on our phones. We thank you for the finances to be able to afford to have the phone working. There's so
3: many little things that sometimes we take for granted that we just want to thank you for, and we just ask that you just continue to be present on this mind in this ministry, and in our lives to continue to lead, God, and direct us forward
4: in the path in which you will have for us to go. And then we just ask that you keep us safe from third danger as we go about our day and our night. And we ask for a new awakening for a brand new day tomorrow. And let you keep bless, rest, and abide amongst us
3: until we meet again. In Jesus' name amen. 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 Everybody have a blessed day. Have a good
4: one, friend.
3: You too. Okay. Stay cool. You too. Okay.
1: Hello, ladies.
4: Hello. Hello. Is it me? Okay. Everybody wanna. I'll
3: hear me singing this song, y'all. Mhm. Mhm. Yes,
1: baby.
3: that's baby, long.
1: But I way